0: You want to get nuts come on let's get nuts
1: welcome to the last day of your lives everybody (laughs) (laughs) this is radiovania presents the dceu in review that's right we're back we're back in the saddle back in the groove back in the swing here for a momentous occasion Yes. My name is at Zach Ritello. Zach on all the social medias and all that stuff. And sitting across from me is uh, Mr. Mom, John Swanson Parker. <laughs> My name is General Zod. Oh,
0: I yeah. have come to this planet in search of one of our kind. If you are harboring this criminal fugitive, you must relinquish him immediately.
1: How many times uh, can going, we man? say I will find him in this in the course of this podcast. What a missed opportunity. Just a quick spoiler that they didn't say that.
0: But I mean, <laughs> I guess it makes sense cuz he's not actually looking for Kallal, but you know, we'll get there.
1: Yeah, we will get Spoilers there. Spoilers we'll
0: for get- the flash, I guess. Whatever. Fuck <laughs> fuck
1: yeah, if you haven't if you've clicked on this by mistake or for some reason you're scrolling through your Instagram feeds or your podcast feeds out there and you've stumbled upon this podcast, welcome. This is an offshoot of our typical show, Radiovania. It's a nerd culture, pop culture podcast that John and I have been doing for the better part of eight years, seven, eight years, chronicling the death of movies. <laughs> and so, we're here, it's kind to of sad, another nail in the <laughs> coffin. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I don't know. Some things have gotten better since we started the pod.
1: No, I'm I'm just joking around. But we our show's been Star around- Wars has gone downhill since we started the pod. But some other things have climbed. We've uh, seen the rise and fall of the MCU.
0: Yeah, that's the wild part. Is we started the pod kind of mid phase. End of phase two, phase three of the MCU. Phase three of the MCU was just
1: fucking aces all the way through. And uh,
2: now here we are.
1: <laughs> now here we are. And you can go back and check out that history it's been it's a lot of podcasts a lot of fun content that John and I've been doing over the years you can go find that at radiovania.com it's the best place to subscribe to our podcast feed, like us, subscribe, give us a share, give us a follow. We appreciate anything, anything that you can do to interact with us. Uh, and one way that we love getting interaction is through email. If you want to email us a question or a comment or a concern or anything like that, topic suggestions, show suggestions, maybe you want to email us again about doing National Treasure and Review, which we're going to do, Julia, get off our backs. You can email it to <laughs> Show at gmail.com. You can stay on my back uh, if you want. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no we're just kidding julia we want you on our backs and uh Uh, um, yeah i mean
0: we got all the time in the world for reviewing stuff now because it sounds like fast x isn't coming out until 2025 insane insane insane
1: fast x part two i should say um and then yeah this is the end of a end of an era for us my friend this is an end of an era. And so we'll get through let me get through the pleasantries and then we'll kind of we'll, we'll dive into it because there's a lot to say Please. about this movie. This is a this is going to be a a a thick a thick old boy, I think, this podcast. But this is uh, DC EU in review. Uh, John and I have been reviewing the entire DC extended universe. The, yeah. the 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 series of films that started, if you can believe it, in fucking 2013 with and Man is, of Steel. Yeah. And ten years later, we're here watching the c- climax of the DCEU. It's a faked climax, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes. It it's is acting is really good, but you actually you know that there's no there's no gas in the tank. Yeah. It's definitely the end of the the Snyder as
0: we know it, in terms of its linear sense that was established at the beginning of Man of Steel.
1: That's correct. And so it's officially
0: entered the multiverse like Marvel, which tends to change
2: things.
1: Yeah. And it's a big deal, not only because it's an interesting thing to see in terms of like chronicling this franchise and and superhero movies and comic book movies and just blockbuster movies in general over the last 10 years. I mean, things have changed so drastically in 10 years. Like, it's hard to believe that we're ending up here from where we started and Um, we talk about this all the time. If you go back and listen to it, if you've listened to the DCEU and review so far with me and John, you'll kind of realize like these movies, while flawed and while some of them can range from really great to fucking dog shit, um, just abysmal, (laughs) they have kind of for better or worse shaped a lot of our friendship and a lot of, um, our twenties, I would say, I mean, Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> Which is, uh, you know, you take that for what you want. If you want to be depressed by that, you go right on ahead. Or, <laughs> but
0: if I could do time in a bottle, yeah.
1: So these movies have made a giant impact on us. I don't know if it's all for positive, it's, but you know, it, there's a lot of negative. But it definitely has made life interesting watching these movies be what they are and go through all the drama that they have. And so I think that this is a fitting way to close out this this series of podcasts that we've been doing. But it's also just a you know, I'm interested to hear what you thought about the movie. We've kept our thoughts largely away from each other because we, we both saw the movie separately. We weren't able to see it together. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, Which is a I, shame. But uh, yeah, it is a shame. There's yeah. going to be a lot of moments I think that I, I I could say that I wish I could have seen it with you and maybe <laughs> as well, too. Definitely. Maybe. Kevin. Yeah. I, he'll be done any minute now while we're recording this. And I can't wait
0: to see that text come through that it's gonna be. Says, <laughs> Like says either something, something hyperbolic of some nature yeah Um, oh yeah yeah it's it's wild to think man i mean i personally have really enjoyed the discourse around the dceu especially especially in our friendships you know particularly because we started to hang out before bvs so man of steel aside which you and i have talked about at length we both like it but you like it a lot more than i do i have issues with it but i think overall it's pretty strong entry into the franchise but we've been there since the beginning of the controversy part of the DCEU, oh, which yeah. is literally everything after Man of Steel for the most part, except for, like, two or three installments.
2: Um, yeah.
0: And it's uh, it's been fun, I will say, I'm looking <laughs> forward to the next chapter. So, yeah, I, I think mean, it's had its time in the sun, like any great Kryptonian, but it is not built to last. And we're seeing that with Marvel, too. I mean, Marvel made it more than 10 years but the wheels started to fall off after year 11 or so so this is a bigger topic that maybe we should save for a full episode of radiovania sometime but it is the what is the what does the comic book movie film universe project look like how long should it actually be around for is it sustainable yada 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 maybe it's just the streaming services that killed the mcu things like that but who knows all we know is that we're here to talk about one installment particularly
1: and i'm yeah. very excited to get into it me too and uh but something i did want to touch on like while we're just talking about the universe as a whole like i mean this is a big deal i mean like this is kind of a talking point i imagine that the very front of the show is going to be a little front-loaded with us talking about this franchise like where we've yeah. been where we're like where we're going like i know that we'll end the podcast with that for sure talk about like where where did we go from here but um blue Beetle. something Blue Beetle apparently fucking holy shit. Hey,
0: I can't at least we're getting out of the in review series before I had to fucking synopsis Blue Beetle. Oh <laughs> I would have my killed God. myself. Holy Blue Beetle. That's all. We that don't we haven't again. seen that movie, so we can't judge it, but that trailer looks, looks that trailer bad. It new bad. dog agrees. Snoop new doggy bad. dog. Yo, man, drink drink my wine,
1: man. <laughs> <laughs> it's California girls. I like them. They're girls and they're in California. California girls but under my arm. You mentioned something interesting there that I just want to get your opinion on because um, I have a question for you. Yes. You said... You know, I've talked about a little bit of the ups and downs, you know, the Man of Steel's, the the coming out of Man of Steel and being like, wow, that was really cool. It was a sci-fi, cool take on Superman. I'm curious to see where they go from here. And then it was us leaving Batman v. Superman and trying to justify, like, the stuff that we liked and then, like, realizing over time, you're like, oh, that might not have been a super great movie. Actually, that movie kind of sucked and then kind of taking the turn to be like, oh, the movie's actually kind of fun to make fun of. It's kind of got – I know you're going to don't don't lynch me, please. But it's kind of got the the attack of the clones syndrome for me where it's like it's a bad movie, but I have fun making fun of it. That's kind of like why that's kind of why I dig Batman v Superman.
3: Um, Batman v Superman
0: has better performances than Attack of the clones. Full stop. I mean, the acting in that movie is just is is better because they're better actors in that movie. But Attack of the Clones is is a little more nostalgic. And I do think that Batman v Superman has only grown more nostalgic for me as time has gone on. To the point that it's like, it started to creep back up our rankings. Like when we did Black Adam, we're yeah, like, maybe right, it's not like,
3: that bad. <laughs> like, I think we, I'd
0: still rather we watch so, Batman run people over with the car. We were so fucking
1: burned after Black Adam, dude. It was like, oh my God. Yeah. I trash. mean, DC, so the thing
0: that sucks, man, is DC, the DCEU in review series for us. I think this is going to be a fun episode. I'm I'm really excited to talk about this movie. But the last two. So we had The Suicide Squad, which we both really enjoyed. And then we had a lull, and then we had Black Adam, and then Shazam, Fury of the Gods, both of which are just absolute stink bombs.
2: And it's just (laughs) been like,
0: it just has not been fun to talk about it again. This will at least have fun moments. And this kind of reminds me of watching a BBS.
1: Sure. Sure. And so, my question to you is twofold, right? You talk, we talk about the highs and the lows and the movies and, and yeah, the stinkers, right? The Shazam twos and the Black Adams or whatever. Yeah, it's so bad. But what Which I would rather do, take
0: right now Shazam between those two, two, or Black two? Adam.
1: Mm-hmm. I would probably rather watch Shazam two, honestly. Yeah, yeah, me too. That's the right answer. That's the right answer. But um, I,
0: I do love occasionally, I'm going to do this at the draft, so you can clock or not the draft, Ben's Bachelor party clock this when I'm just like handing larson another drink as he's about to pass out and i just say tell them the man in black sent you.
2: <laughs> i want to see you painted paint painted <laughs> trying to make black. it a
1: bit you, got um, to look it. you t- we, again we talked about the highs and lows and all the stuff in between but you made an interesting point that i want to ask you about where you were like i've had fun with the discourse right you, a very, a, a man, you're a, a man that looks like you, but it was a slightly, a few years younger, um, yeah. circa 2018, 2019, I think, like after the last Sky, uh, the last Skywalker, after the last Jedi before the rise of Skywalker, you told me something along the lines of that you were tired with Star Wars discourse because it's something that you love very, yes. very, very dearly. And I want to know, like, you come on the other side of this with the DC properties. Like, you love DC. If there's, if John Parker is, if Jonathan Parker is anything to me, it's Star Wars, DC Comics, Batman, and The Last of Us. Like, that is. It's kind of like you. It sounds great. Sounds and in like that show. My, Mount, my Mount Rushmore. Yeah. And toss a little bit of Goodfellas in there, a little bit of the bear. <laughs> uh, yeah, you need a little,
0: little bit of crime or like <laughs> chef drama.
1: Chef <laughs> drama. And
0: then you got, you got yourself a perfect stew right there, buddy.
1: Yeah, so my question to you is,
0: was it worth yeah. it? Ooh, that's a great question. This is something that Barry Allen has to deal with in this movie, you know? I think the experiment overall is going to prove to be worth it. Yes. And I think me being dragged across the coals a handful of times for some of these movies is fine, because when it comes down to it, like, let's say the MCU is bad. I'm not tied to Marvel Comics as much. Like, I love Spider-Man comics a lot and Daredevil. If those movies were bad, I'd probably feel a little like upset, you know, like if there was a bad Batman movie, which we haven't had one of those in a long time. Um, But with DC, like, I, I can't really justify to you why I took the Star Wars stuff more personally, besides the fact that it really only exists for me on screen. Whereas the comics, the the golden lore of DC Comics for me, exists in an animated universe that is already complete and that I know is already perfect. And so, like, it just doesn't really matter. Like, it's never going to be better for me than what what they laid out with Batman: The Animated Series and Justice League and and Justice League Unlimited and Batman Beyond. Yeah. So. I think now I'm just trying to, like, I I would love a connected universe on screen. Don't get me wrong. I wish James Gunn all the best luck in the world. I think DC characters are way more nuanced and, and fun, but also a lot more sad and grounded. Um, but in a, in a way that is empathetic, as opposed to some of the Marvel characters, which no shots, but, like, they adapted a lot of those characters in the MCU to be, like, Robert Downey Jr. Like, they right. all quip one-liners. They all are handsome with beards you know what i mean they're all they're all just kind of like photocopied versions of him because he was the mold i mean he made that universe what it is and all power to him he deserves all the respect in the world and then occasionally you would get a great shining star on its own in that universe like a captain america or the guardians or something um the dceu is just incredibly muddled It started out as the vision of one man who wanted to portray what it would be like to have gods on Earth, which is not fun for comics. No offense, but like at least that's not what I'm looking for. I think there's an interesting question in Batman v. Superman of like, does the world need a Superman, which is like a great philosophical debate to have over a bottle of wine with your friends. But I don't want to see Superman sitting around moping and like sitting on the couch watching CNN. You know what I mean? So it's just like I'm excited for Superman legacy. I'm excited to see where it goes from here. I do think, again, the
1: overall experiment of the DCEU
0: will be worth it because I hope it leads to something that is good
1: Yeah, overall. Yeah, I think that it was definitely worth it. If not just for the memories, <laughs> and not just the movie memories, I'm just talking about the memories of like going to see these movies, talking about them afterwards, the way that they yeah. played with culture. Half we could make an we could do an entire podcast of inside jokes just surrounding Ben Affleck. It's like it's great. It's so great. Yeah, and talk I about
0: think, talk about a guy whose stonks have only rised over time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so I think that it was absolutely worth it. I actually think that maybe you know I think the Marvel movies, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is still more entertaining to me overall. I don't think that there's like oh, a debate yeah. with that. Not um, even close. But I will say that in terms of so I like film. I went to college to study film. Don't do shit with it now. But I went to college That's to study. True. You're you're a great critic, man. I, I yes. give you shit all the time, but I think you do have a good critical eye. I appreciate that, man. That means a lot. Your you're sweetheart. Your sweetheart. Yeah, yeah, hey. Yeah. Um, here's what I'll say: the Marvel m- movies are more entertaining and rewatchable, and I've had a lot more fun with them overall over the years. Endgame, awesome, one of the best th- oh, yeah. movie theater moments of of ever. I don't know if there's a movie that will match that feeling ever again of like yeah. feeling that applause in the theater and like everyone's it, like shared excitement. Um, sure,
0: Guardians of the Galaxy, like a watershed sure? moment for oh, yeah. superhero movies. You know, Ragnarok, not- same thing. Definitely those late Avengers and Cap movies for sure.
1: Mm -hmm. But what I will say is a big reason why I went to study films, why I like films a lot, why I like watching them and critiquing them or like looking for things in them is I like how they impact culture. And I really like like, I think that you and I have had a lot of great discussions on like the impact of movies, like what movies mean. Like we talk all the time about hosting the Oscars five years after the movies come out or whatever, because that's how long you need to like let them sink in culturally. And I think that looking back in 10, 20, 30 years, I actually think that this DCEU experiment, as you so lovingly called it, might be more interesting than the Marvel The Marvel movies just in terms of like film criticism because I like as much as I like watching a movie I like discussing it I like leaving the movie and saying like what did you like what didn't you like what what worked what didn't work why didn't this work what could have been done better but that's just the analytical part of me that really likes those like that about movies and so part of me thinks like you know this experiment totally was worth it because I think that like man did we have a lot of great ass discussions about what they did wrong, what they could have done better, why they were doing some of the things that they were doing. And that, you know, that to me, that to me makes the journey worthwhile. I think, I think you brought up a great point. It's
0: definitely like a series of films that leads to discussion and being able to hang out and shut and shoot the shit and talk about like well, who which Robin do you think is in the Batcave? cave? Yeah, right. Blah, blah, blah. Whereas like there are, there are Marvel movies and other comic book movies that I have never even revisited and thought about since I saw it. You know what I mean? And it's just like it's just interesting. I think it's because we Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, mostly Batman and Superman. No shots, but <laughs> those two are two of the most popular superheroes with the exception of Spider-Man. And I think people just <laughs> really want them to be good on screen together right because they've been on and they've been in pages of comics since the 40s together and it's such a fun um like the dynamic duo is obviously batman and robin but there's such a cool dichotomy with batman and superman where it's like one is a creature of the night who is is avenging the death of his parents the other is an orphan that's adopted by humanity and, and stands for everything that should be good and just and when you put them together you get this really fun yin yang type energy and and banter, but we started out with them with them wanting to kill each other, and it's just it's like it just isn't you know it's not necessarily what I wanted. Um, so we'll see what happens when they get the second bite at the apple.
1: Yeah, and it's gonna be interesting too. Like, um, yeah, to see if like we're we're a lot of I've seen a lot of people theorizing like this is kind of the you know. Well, there's always going to be comic book movies like comic books are a source just like books or media plays stories, poems, whatever. It's a, it's another source that creators are going to continue to draw from for the rest of time. So the it's people that are
0: mythology. That's yeah. exactly. It's American mythology. Like we don't have a pantheon of deities like Zeus and shit like that, but we have comic book characters that we've had in our lives for the better part of almost 100 years.
1: Yeah. So, you know, people have said for a long time, they're like, oh, eventually superhero fatigue, superhero fatigue. The movies are going to stop. They're going to stop making superheroes. They're going to die off like the Western. It's like, yeah, maybe, but they're still going to be around for the rest of time. And I'm curious to see what they do with it next, because we're no doubt entering in a new time in terms of these movies, like how the audiences are perceiving them, how they're monetarily being perceived, which we'll talk about with this movie. Um, And so it's an interesting time. I mean, like we're closing the we're closing the book on the DCEU right now. But like, you know, I'm just curious to see where the what the future has in store for for movies like this and blockbusters, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I I do hope that there are more that are like a Spider-Verse or sure, you know, something in recent years that does have good box office returns, because I do want them to continue to make them. I just want them to be good. But even if they're good, they don't make money like the Suicide Squad was not a box office smash. You know what I mean? And that movie's great. One of the best comic book movies I've ever seen. Um, It does genuinely make me concerned in a little bit about Superman legacy. And then I'm like, no, that's that's Superman. Like it's going to be when that comes around. There are three comic book characters, maybe even four that you will always be able to make money off of now, which is Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, and the X-Men. I think no matter what mm. you put out there, people will go to see them because they have existed on screen for so long that people are just like, they're in. They're like, yeah, sure, I'll go see another fucking Spider-Man movie. You know,
1: so. How much money is an Iron Man movie going to make when it comes back? Can you imagine, though?
0: You, so is it a re- reboot? Is it Tony?
1: I don't know, but I think just the fact or that is they it, call or a is movie- it just. So there was a delay there. I just think that it's like mm-hmm. the just the fact that like if they brought back Iron Man as an IP, I just think that that's guaranteed money.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so. But I, I don't know. Like, I can't be sure <laughs> because I still think that the, I, st- I still think the MCU is a lightning in a bottle and then they let the we'll lightning see. back out of the bottle when they got a little greedy. I don't know if Iron Man is as good the second time around. Because the comic back, the backlog of comics, they've burned through pretty much everything already in the MCU. So they would be repeating themselves. Whereas, like, they have done Batman stories that have all been freshly unique, in my opinion. And they mm-hmm. still have so many that they haven't even touched. Same with, like, like the Wonder Woman thing is crazy. Like, they haven't even decided to try to do any good Wonder Woman stories. Like, they've just made up stuff with Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns. And it's like, just adapt one of those books and just see what happens. Like I bet people would be way more into
1: it. Sure. Yeah, I mean, like what you said rings true to me as well. It's like as long as creative creators are creating creative projects, I'm down to see whatever, (laughs) I'll buy, I'll buy. Like I don't care about, to me there is no such thing as fatigue. Like as long as there is creative people doing stuff that is like has a vision and heart and emotion and, you know, is artfully crafted, like I'll go see whatever. And I hope that that is – at the forefront of their mind, and not just money, but uh, given the current state of the world, money uh, kind of needs to be a priority for Warner Brothers. So I'm interested to see how this impacts the new DCU. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But so yeah, that's that's where we've been. Um, but before we go to where we're going, yes, I think we should talk about this fucking movie because we've been recording for about thirty <laughs> minutes. I think I think it'd be nice to to. Talk about The Flash. Okay. Well, for all of you that have been listening to our little bit of a retrospective on the DCEU, uh, thank you for joining us. We are going to be reviewing The Flash today. We are going to do no spoilers for a moment and then do spoilers. And I'm going to read through some facts about the movie, and then we will get into the thoughts. I'm going to do that first. But before I do that, here's a word from our sponsor.
0: Uh, this this episode of Radiovania DCEU in review is brought to you by your local bagel deli. Your local <laughs> bagel deli, where you have all kinds of crazy characters making bagel sandwiches with raisins on it. Whatever you need. Central City bagels. Go get it.
1: <laughs> what, what is the order of P- PB and BB and J or whatever?
0: It's like, it, yeah, it's like PBJER or something like that. It's like peanut butter, jelly bacon, egg, and raisins, and honey or something like that. It's oh, crazy. Yeah. It's, like, it's like all the energy that you need. Yeah, This sounds like something that you would make before a hiking trip. I've definitely made like super sandwiches before. I've always I've always like co-signed the Shaggy Rogers approach, which is like how much stuff can I actually fit on a sandwich and
1: get into my mouth? <laughs> <laughs> I I usually back the Elvis Presley technique where it's yeah, I'm gonna fry that, that, shit, fry that shit up and then kill myself. <laughs> hey, mama. Hey, Mama. All right. The Flash. Here we go, baby. Directed by Andy Muschietti. Andy Muschietti is born on Tony's. 20- <laughs> okay, no, we're not doing this. Yeah, <laughs> no, he's a director. He's known for directing movies like It and It Chapter yes. 2, uh, the yes. 2017 and 2019 movies. He also directed Mama. He's done a lot of, like, smaller horror flicks. Um mm-hmm. One of the producers on The Flash is his wife or partner, Barbara Mushetti, um, who has worked with him on almost all of those projects. So it's a husband wife directing, producing so combo. It's a, it's a Zach Deborah Snyder type combo. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, just to touch on it really quickly, I'm sure we'll talk about it more throughout the rest of the podcast. Uh, Bratman, the Brave and the Bold is going to be directed by Andy um, they This was announced earlier this week. I, I I can't get a read if it was like officially announced. I think that they pretty much basically, yeah, Mike DeLuca and Pam abdi co-chairs of Warner Brothers, said that they, you know, they had been talking to him, but I guess they want him. So Annie Michete well, the director of the until Flash. Until
0: James Gunn and Peter Saffron say so we we can't be sure. I do good think point. that's actually a good pick though. But we can talk about that when we get into the
1: movie. Yeah, definitely will. Um uh, yeah, like I said, the movie was produced by Barbara Michete and Michael Disco. Have you ever heard of this motherfucker? <laughs> No, I haven't. Michael Disco. I don't know if this is a stage name or not. This guy looks like a fake human being, but he's Imagine been like he's been the executive producer of movies such as Horrible Bosses Two, Jack mm-hmm. the Giant Slayer, mm-hmm. A Very Harold and Kumar Christmas, Yikes, San Andreas, Okay, Rampage, the video game movie with Dwayne Johnson. That okay, no one so he's remembers. in on the Rock because that's also <laughs> okay. His highest-rated movie was Game Night. He was the executive producer of Game Night. Game Night's funny. Game yeah, movie. Um, but that's about all that that guy has done. But yeah, he is—he's uh, on the producing team with Barbara Muschetti, and uh, you know, again directed by Annie Muschetti. Um, it was written by someone named Christina Hodson. Are you familiar with Christina Hodson? Yes, she wrote Bumblebee. She did. Her highest rated movie was Bumblebee. She wrote that in 2018. Uh, She also was the screenwriter on Birds of Prey. And then, yeah, she did. That's that's nice. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then she did this, The Flash. Uh, She also did two other movies. One that has a 4% on Rotten Tomatoes called Shut In. Have you ever heard of the movie Shut In? No. This is a notoriously bad movie. I've never actually seen it, but it's Naomi Watts trapped in a house. And apparently it's the worst performance ever by Charlie Heaton, the guy that plays uh, fucking, what's his name? his Jonathan the, Byers. Jonathan Byers, yeah. Apparently yeah. it's like one of the worst performances ever. Like someone said it's Tommy Have Wiseau. Have Is he yeah. bad in that? He's pretty bad in that too. <laughs> Everyone's bad in that movie though. You want to watch a movie of just bad performances, man. You go watch New Mutants, that movie fucking sucks. I refuse. It's terrible. Yeah, I refuse. But yeah, so uh, written by Christina Hansen. I want to point this out here. Score... I don't feel like we don't talk about this enough score by Benjamin Wallfish. Did you know that uh, fucking Danny Elfman had nothing to do with this movie <laughs> except for authorizing it? It felt like Danny Elfman.
0: I was going to say it felt like Danny Elfman early on, but I guess. Interesting.
1: OK, yeah. What, what is named... what is Mr. Wallfish done? Let me read you a fucking resume. Spin me a tail, my man. Let me read you a resume. This guy has been working in the industry for a long time. He was a music editor on Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, which is what I thought was interesting. He was a music editor on that. So, like, he helped out with the production of that. But then there, he goes a long time with doing like a little bit of this, a little bit of that in there. But then he comes back. (laughs) He was the composer of 12 Years a Slave, he did additional music for Batman v Superman. Then he did additional music for Dunkirk. Then he so did. He's a, he's a reshoot guy. He's like, and then we got this guy. He's like, and then this guy, this guy. He's <laughs> like, they're like, they bring in the main guy, and then they're like, okay, and then he's we got the closer.
0: This guy. He's the, the closer of the music world. We need um, to get him on the pod.
1: He's been the conductor Tell of. Tell him about uh, Tummy. See if he'll do the music for Tummy. Uh, I think we should absolutely get him to do Tummy. He's been the comp- composer of a couple big projects, though. He did the score for It, the 2017 It, so he's worked with Machete in the past. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if this guy comes back to do Brave and the Bold if if Machete is uh, attached officially. He was the composer for Blade Runner 2049. Really?
0: could have sworn that was Hans Zimmer. I guess not. That's what I thought, too, but it
1: says that he's the composer. Are we sure about that? Let's look this up. According to IMDb, he's the composer. Now, what that means? Wow, I have no idea. It, yeah, music by Benjamin Wallfish and Hans Zimmer. So he okay. was
2: he so was working with Zimmer, yeah. but
1: yeah, he, <laughs> but he's the he's and that guy. <laughs> it's Hans Zimmer and then that guy. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that that was a fascinating pick to bring this guy on for the Flash, where mostly the score is somebody else. <laughs> I thought that that was funny. Way to go, Mr. Walfish. cleaning up the cracks. Uh, the Flash was initially revealed back in October 2014 as part of the inaugural DC Universe. This movie was announced in October 2014. John, where were you? 2014. What, what were you doing in October 2014? What, what was what was little JP doing? What, what, what were
2: you October doing? October
0: 2014 was my first semester at The Ohio State University. I was just <laughs> driving driving green and getting vagine. You know what I mean? <laughs> No, I was in class. I was getting, I was getting way <laughs> too drunk, you know, stuff like that. Connor was ready to kick me out of the room. We shared a bunk bed at the time. It was
1: fun. Yeah, fun stuff. Yeah. It received a 2018 release date at the time, alongside eventual releases like Batman v Superman, suicide squad wonder woman aquaman and shazam however parts of that plan didn't come to fruition shocking standalone cyborg and green lantern movies were scrapped and the two-part justice league movie by zack snyder eventually became one film so the world was a different place back in october of 2014 when this movie was announced but here we are almost a decade later from it being announced it limped across the finish line
0: (laughs) so here we are It certainly did. Honestly, like, good for them. They got it out in the
1: theaters. Well, again, round of applause. You guys did it. World's best cup of coffee.
0: (laughs) You made a fucking movie. Way to go,
1: kid. Uh, Starring Ezra Miller. Mm. Hmm. In April 2020, they were caught on nah, video to choke a woman at a bar in Reykjavik, Iceland. The woman told Variety, quote, I think it's just fun and games, but then it wasn't. All of a sudden, they're on top of me, choking me, still screaming in my face if I want to fight. My friend who's filming sees they're obviously not joking and it's actually serious, so he stops filming, pushes them off me as they're trying to fight me. Two guys, two guy friends of mine are actually holding Miller back as they're screaming, this is what you wanted, this is what you wanted, end quote. Nearly a year later, in March of 2022, Miller resurfaced and was arrested in Hawaii for disorderly contact and harassment at a karaoke bar. They pleaded no contest to the charges and paid a $500 fine. A month later in April, Miller was arrested again in Hawaii, this time for second-degree assault for throwing a chair at a 26-year-old woman. A Hawaiian couple also filed a restraining order against Miller but dropped it after two weeks. June of 2022, Miller was accused by activist Chase Iron Eyes and his wife, Sarah Jumping Eagle, of grooming and manipulating their child, Dakota Iron Eyes. The allegations dated back to 2016 when Dakota was 12 and met Miller at a Standing Rock reservation in North Dakota. Dakota later released a statement downplaying the allegations, saying Miller provided, quote, loving support and invaluable protection, end quote, Another parent in Massachusetts made similar grooming allegations regarding their child in Miller. A woman also came forward to Variety and alleged that Miller had harassed her in Germany in February of 2022. Um... Last one, in August of 2022, Miller was charged with felony burglary in Vermont for allegedly stealing several bottles of alcohol. That same month, Miller spoke out for the first time, saying in a statement, quote, Having recently gone through a time of intense crisis, I now understand that I'm suffering complex mental health issues and have begun ongoing treatment. I want to apologize for everyone I have alarmed and upset with my past behavior. I'm committed to doing the necessary work to get back to a healthy, safe, and productive stage in my life, end quote. Uh, Charges were dropped first trailer for The Flash debuted at February 22 at the Super Bowl. Can you believe that? And James Gunn, who became co-CEO of DC Studios with Peter Saffron, called the film, quote, one of the greatest superhero movies ever. The hype for the movie began to grow despite Miller's past legal troubles, and it debuted at CinemaCon in April 2023 for attendees. Miller made uh, public appearances Beside, – didn't make many public appearances besides the June 2023 premiere. Uh, They came on stage to thank Gunn, Saffron, Warner Brothers Discovery, and Execs for, quote, your grace, discernment, and care in the context of my life and in bringing this moment to fruition. So that's a lot. Um, We've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but just to make it perfectly perfectly fucking clear – We do not support Ezra Miller in virtually any way, shape, or form. Um, I'm sure that... Besides financially by seeing this movie. (laughs) Besides financially seeing this movie, yes. Um, I understand that there are a lot of people out there that are probably boycotting the movie or not seeing the movie, just like apathetically not seeing the movie because they don't want to encourage behavior like that. Uh, Totally understand I totally, you know, support yeah. that. If that's your prerogative, I absolutely think that you should flex that muscle if that's how you want to, like, you know, not spend your money. Um, obviously, we're kind of bought into the DC universe and we're into these movies, so we kind of wanted to see it. Um, yeah, his they honeypotted us with his co-star, too. There's no denying that. I guarantee you a majority of the box
0: office is due to the fact that Michael Keaton is reprising his role as Batman in this movie.
1: And from a business standpoint... Great
0: idea. Otherwise, they would be scrapping this movie faster than Batgirl. Yeah, absolutely. Not even, so, not even a chance.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I just want to just want to make that very clear and just say like, damn, I don't know. We'll t- we're going to talk about Ezra Miller's performance. I did not think that they were super great. I, I just think that it's unfortunate the casting and and this person being who they are. We should know. say though that it it. it has always been consistent for us that you and I are particularly
0: not a good fa- not a big fan of the casting overall this is before all the allegations surfaced obviously it sounds like this has been going on since 2016 with the grooming but even going back to his appearance um, in Justice League for the first time on screen as Barry we're just, we never really bought into the idea of of where they wanted to take Barry Allen in these movies um, and now there
1: are two of them <laughs> you didn't you didn't like one of them how about we bring out two (laughs) bold bold fucking move dc um
0: big dick energy from dc and zaslov and and machete uh by having two millers
1: (laughs) yep hey it's the pleasure double the fun you know what i mean um i guess (laughs) <laughs> Stars also, I think, a little bit more um, – a little lighthearted tone. with we'll switch over there. We'll say Michael Keaton is, a, is the co-star of the movie. Fuck yeah, dude. Um, Let's go. Michael Keaton yes. was 71 at the time of the film's release, making him oh. the oldest actor to play Batman in a live-action film or TV series. The only actors who were older were Adam West, who was 88 when he voiced Batman for a final time in Batman versus Two-Face in 2017, which was released after his passing. It's a cartoon. It's a, cartoon, it's a cartoon, yep. And then Olan Soul, this guy is seventy-four. Sorry. No,
0: you're good. Did I did I glitch? I'm just shocking that it's that Keaton seventy-one and he's wearing the bat suit and he still looks better than half the bat <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> He looks better than me, and I'm I'm twenty-nine. Handsome motherfucker, right? Yeah, he's yeah. a good-looking motherfucker for sure. Um, but yeah, Michael Keaton seventy-one. Good for you, Mr. Keaton. Good for you. Good for you. You were talking about another guy that was 74, and then I cut you off. Olan Sol, who was 74 when he voiced Batman for a final time in the seventh season of Super Friends in 1973.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, Super Friends,
1: Batman, something else. Yeah. <laughs> <It was laughs>
2: I've great. never
1: seen it. It's funny.
0: Well, I've seen Super I'll, Friends. I'll show it to know. you. Some. He also yeah. voiced him in the um, Batman and Robin meets Scooby-Doo animated feature, oh. which was also produced by Hanna-Barbera. Um that's a good one. When they get bat cookies at the Batcave. Oh Rat cookies.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> good shit. Maybe good we'll shit. fold that into our radio
1: vision. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that sounds like a plan. Also starring uh, some other notable ones, Ben Affleck. Uh, with, his appear- with his appearance in this film, Ben Affleck will have played the role of Bruce Wayne four times in live action films more than any other actor. However, Affleck is the only Batman never to have a standalone movie. It's so sad, dude. It's, it's so, so fucking, fucking tragic. <laughs> and I, I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you this now, before
0: we talk about the scene that he's in. I have never wanted this the solo Batfleck movie more than after it. this movie. Tell me about it, man. And
1: it's a travesty. And
0: are we sure that he's not gonna be Batman in Brave and the Bold? <sighs> are we sure? <laughs> He are you be? sure about
1: that <laughs> <He> might be <laughs> i don't know also you imagine
0: ben affleck with like timothy chalamet as his son what oh you my mean? god
1: ben affleck and timothy chalamet as batman right mm-hmm. talk about making the theaters wet you mm. know what i mean holy Surf yeah save board. some save some
2: save some <laughs> for
1: the rest of us
2: guys
1: Oh, my God. Also starring Sasha Kale as Kor- Kara Zor-El, Supergirl. Michael Shannon mm-hmm. as General Zod. Kiersey Fuck Clemens that. as Iris West. Now, this is interesting. Ooh. This is her—Kiersey Kier- Clemens. Kier- 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 Kier-
0: Kier- no, I meant Iris West, who's b- oh.
1: barely been in these movies. <laughs> she's barely been in the movies because this is the first time that she's been in a theatrical DCEU movie because her role was completely cut in the Justice League. So the only other time that we've seen her was in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah. Again. Another interesting cultural moment in in time is the Snyder Cut. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeremy Irons returns as Alfred Pennyworth, and Tamora Morrison shows up as Thomas Curry. <laughs> Fucking a man, it's so good. When I when I heard that man's voice, I was like, oh shit! I was like, John is about to pop the biggest boner. <laughs> yeah, we'll
0: we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get
1: there. Um. Okay, so this is the last thing. I You're promise. also
0: forgetting some big cameos, but I'm I'm assuming we're. Well, we're not gonna those. talk about it. We're not talking
1: okay. about those right now. We're All not right, talking right, about right, it. Right, right, right. <laughs> Wild shit, <laughs>
2: some wild shit. <laughs> that
1: is true. Okay. <laughs> Shares for Warner Brothers Discovery fell nearly two percent to twelve point fifty eight Tuesday morning shortly after the market opened. That's this past Tuesday, or today, Tuesday, June twentieth. The Flash, which is projected to earn an estimated 70 million in its opening weekend, brought in 55.1 million in domestic sales and another 75 million from 78 markets internationally, according to Box Office Mojo. The movie's opening weekend sales are the lowest for any DC film since Shazam in 2019, uh, which grossed 53.5 million and finished with a lifetime gross of 140. Um, The first Shazam only made
0: 140 and they made a sequel?
1: Well, it was a modestly budgeted movie. I'm pretty sure that first Shazam movie. That only cost. that is
0: very good point. That
1: movie is shot on a fucking dime. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they what shot most of it on an iPhone. Great movie. What a great fucking film. <laughs> um, The Flash. Uh, it has. Uh, there's some budget information out there right now. I think I've seen anywhere from 300 and 350 million dollars it costs to make this movie.
0: And let's just say, given the fact that it's been a decade, let's just err on the side of 350.
1: So if we're going 350 plus marketing, so this movie is roughly a $700 million movie and analysts are projecting that it's going to end its domestic run at around $250 million. That is a $500 million plus loss for Warner brothers discovery. Um, this is a disaster. It's not doing well. It's not doing well at all. Um, Kevin Smith said that uh, a Warner
0: Brothers executive that would not be named, it's not Zaslov, but that he knows, said that if The Flash made more domestically its opening weekend than Black Adam, then they were planning to work on developing a Batman Beyond movie with Michael Keaton, and it did not. And so there's most likely never going to be that movie. But that is just
1: all conjecture Kevin Smith
0: bullshit. So take that with a grain of salt.
1: I don't know. Kevin's a... I, I would trust his insight in terms of Hollywood industry insight. We'll talk about something that he... I bet uh, we still get that movie. I bet we still get that Batman Beyond movie. Oh, man. That's... Yeah, that would be cool. That would be very, very cool.
0: After seeing this, the the, the funny thing though, is after seeing this, he's like already old. So like, he's not going to be the guy in the chair in that Batman Beyond movie. There's just going to be two Batman out there fucking kicking ass.
2: That's
0: true. He was. He's putting the moves on that Kryptonian, man.
1: I was he like... Is. <laughs> And I'm here for it, man. I thought that I, oh, yeah, I thought, dude. I was fucking, yeah. like,
0: I was fucking nutting so hard. Okay. <laughs> I was like,
1: let's go. Um, yeah, the movie, the movie, uh, the movie got a, a tepid B cinema score, uh, which is one of the lower, end. Be- surprisingly, as as divisive as these movies have been, the cinema score for these movies are usually hovering around that A. This is on the low end of the cinema score for That's for the highest cinema score, uh, A plus. Um, the Flash is going to struggle to rebound in the coming weeks, especially as summer season heats up with the release of Indiana Jones on June 30th, Mission Impossible, and then Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer and Barbie. Um, so it's got competition ahead. I don't know how, mon- how much legs this competition movie has. competition fucking now, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, yeah, it's competition.
1: The Spider-Verse is still in the theaters. It is Spider Verse is still in the theaters. This movie also came out the same weekend as Elemental, which is another Pixar movie that's like getting some really shitty reception too. Um, I've heard that's better than the the reception. I've I've heard mixed things about it. I've Heard better things as well. Yeah. Um. But yeah, The Flash stumbled with fifty five million domestically, and Elemental only got twenty nine point five. So just a low box office weekend in general. Um, But yeah, the Flash Day
0: weekend. So Father's Day is not a movie theater weekend. It's just not. That is, uh, let's get outside and fire up the grill, son, and have a catch. You know what I mean?
1: Sure. Unless dads want to go see Michael Keaton because they grew up watching Which is, is I Keaton. think,
0: what they were going for. And I'm sure that is all of the box office returns in the <laughs> weekend. Because yeah. I told you this. I tried to see it in Orlando on Sunday, and they were yep. sold out at the theater closest to the airport. So,
1: yep. I don't know. All right. I had a, last I had couple a more things. than half
0: full theater last night when I saw it. So I, I don't really know. It's not reflecting... Based off my experience of purchasing tickets, but clearly it's not. I bet you in California, nobody's giving a fuck about this
1: movie, you know what I mean? Sure, I bet not. Um, last couple things, I promise. Rotten Tomatoes, we always gotta talk about this, because it is. It's the thing. It's Rotten Tomatoes. the end-all, be-all. It's the end-all, be-all. Yeah. It's, end all, be all. Uh, it's sitting right now at a 66% uh, positive critic recommendation with 314 reviews, so 66% of critics that saw it recommended it, uh, and then 85% of Audiences that verified and rated it on Rotten Tomatoes recommend the movie as well. So a very high audience score compared to its tomato meter. And, uh, For yeah. most DC movies, it's interesting that they're both positive. So we should say that. That's sure. a win. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Um, released June 16th, 2023, with a runtime of two hours and 24 minutes. The Flash. John, spoiler free. John, spoiler free what did i've been dying to know what you fucking thought of this movie (laughs) i think
0: so i think i think the movie is okay i will start with that i have some beef with it particularly with the the lead who is portraying two characters in the movie two characters of which take up a
1: majority of the screen time where are you going Keep going. Keep going. I'm filling up my wine. I can hear you. Oh, sorry. Okay. (laughs) I thought
0: thought something bad was happening. And then and then I have a big, big problem with the visual effects. I understand that this has been a topic and that some people care, some people don't. For me, it kind of irked me the wrong way, given the third act specifically, it did not bother me until then. And we'll talk about that when we get to that moment. However, the things that I really enjoyed, there are some great scenes between barry and his parents and it does help with the emotional resonance of the movie i think his parents are portrayed quite well by uh ron livingston as his dad and um the actress whose name escapes me playing his mom nora the batman stuff full stop is all great so that's both affleck and keaton involved with that and then i think sasha kaya's supergirl is actually really cool like really great fun twist on the flashpoint story with infusing Supergirl in not her first live action debut but her second and more prominent most likely um I I overall like the message of the movie I think the script is actually not bad it just doesn't look the way that I would want it to look if this was like a comic or maybe even like let's just say that we're building this movie on our own and we put Grant Gustin in the Barry Allen role instead of Ezra Miller. I think this would be one of my favorite movies. Like if you if you put Grant Gustin in that role and then change the visual effects, I think it'd be really cool. I think it'd be awesome. But it's not. And you have to take you have to take all that in stride. So that being said, I, I liked it. I didn't love it. Um, because of the Batman of it all, I will most likely be revisiting at least those portions of it when it comes to home video. But overall, I felt like I was actually not overhyped, nor was I disappointed. I felt like my expectation and the actual reality of it was exactly the same for like the first time in my movie going experience ever.
1: Zach, the floor is yours. I think we need to have a real discussion. Okay. (laughs) Because I am right there with you. I think that this might Why? be the first time I've ever – I think I I agree with basically everything that you just said.
2: Ooh, Seriously. Yeah. That's the
1: way we got to end this thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Muschietti was able to create a movie
2: brought that us brought us together. together.
1: <laughs> Who would have known? Fucking Pennywise himself. Yeah, I think this movie is okay. I I think that it's not great. It's not bad. It's just right in the middle. It's almost exactly what I expected it to be, which is a total fucking mess. It is so disjointed from the beginning to the end. You can never really tell what this movie wants to be. Does it want to be a fun little quirky time travel story with, you know, some coming of age, growing pain stuff, learning how to use your powers and learning what it means to be responsible. Or does yeah. it want to be this cataclysmic end of the world, giant saga ending fucking thing? And I think that the movie hits a midway point and completely changes. There's a moment yeah. in the middle of the movie where it almost completely changes identity. And I didn't hate what it turned into, but it definitely didn't um, – it just it, – it it continued on going exactly what it was. I just felt like this movie is just – it's it's just messy. I think that that's the biggest problem is that everything is messy. The visual effects are messy. I think the acting is messy. I think the story is a little bit messy. I I think that everything in the movie is just a little bit unfocused, and I think that that's the biggest problem with this is that I think that if you could tighten this up a little bit and maybe get a more likable lead, I think that you could have had a really, really excellent entry in the DC universe where Flashpoint's a cool story. Like I I was – Yeah.
0: Yeah. It feels a little squandered at times, but ultimately I think having Michael Keaton and Sasha Kaye taking the roles of Thomas Wayne's Batman and Superman in the Flashpoint comic book does help me feel a little bit better about it because they did a lot of the same elements for Flashpoint, which is really one of my favorite comic book events ever, Um but it just it they they just didn't quite land it the way that I wanted to which is kind of like a summary of the DCEU as a whole you know what i mean yeah. it's just like the parts yeah. that i like are good it is fractured but whole you know what i mean
1: so yeah um so i was really digging the movie like i, I think that it's completely ridiculous the very opening scene i'm not going to spoil anything but the very opening scene there's a visual effect that just completely left me baffled and most of the theater was laughing and I think that yeah. you're supposed to be laughing at how bad it was. Like, I think yeah. that that was purposeful. I think you were supposed to be laughing at how terrible the effects looked and how goofy the whole scenario was. But then the movie goes on and I'm like, this is kind of like fun. Like, I like this conflict and I like the, 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 the any good story with a hero having to overcome something. You know, if you can execute that well, I'm g- usually going to be into it. And so the yeah. fact that it's like – I liked that he had a conflict. It's basically he has to fight a battle with himself. He has to work with himself to get out of this situation. And you're working with someone that's a completely – it's you but from a different life perspective. And I think that that is a it's a cool conflict. And if it kept – if it was just kept a little bit smaller and a little bit less the world's about to end, I think that it would have been much more palatable. Um, but I think the end of the movie – really shits on a lot of the goodwill that the first half of the movie, I think builds up in my opinion. Like I think that I, yeah. re- I really like the slow burn to Keaton. Like, I don't think that's a spoiler to say, but he shows up he's in the movie, but it's, he doesn't show up for a while. And I like 40 minutes in or so. Yeah. I liked how they like, it wasn't just like they're slapping you in the face with Michael Keaton right up, right at the gate. I liked that They make you oh, wait I for agree. him.
0: No, I agree. I agree. The build up to him makes sense too. Um, to me, though, that's where the movie really takes off for me personally. I don't like the third act. We can go ahead and agree on that right now. But I love the first the first act leading to the second. But the second act for me, that's, when the
1: fucking, that's where the
0: mm, that's where the beef rib is. You know what I well, mean? I just
1: want to get in there. I agree so, for I agree for 20 minutes of it. There's a great sequence that we'll talk about where they're exploring the bat cave And I think that that's like one of those moments that I had chills. I had chills on like on my like my I went down my neck and I was like, oh, this is so fucking cool. And the score hits at a right moment. And I'm like, this is awesome. And then they fight in the most incomprehensible gray fucking field for 30 minutes. And I could give two shits. I I, my eyes were glazing over so hard. None of the action, I think, worked in the end. Like I didn't like we'll talk about it. There's some parts that I like. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know the that I like. Yeah, yeah, the ending I I think the ending just really really soured my taste. Like I think that I just I just really did not like the 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 final act of the movie. I thought that it was really messy and really frustrating and I do like the culmination of the final act once we get out of the desert
0: I think is actually interesting. Not not visually. The um the internal conflict I think is very interesting. So
2: yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: and I, I agree with that in 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 theory. A lot of this, a lot of the ending is like I agree with you, and I agree with that in theory. But yeah. man, I just didn't enjoy watching it because I just want to reiterate something you said uh, that struck a chord with me that I think that a lot of people can unanimously agree on. I don't, you know, if you want to argue the opposite point, go ahead. I don't, you know, it's totally your opinion. This is the uh, one of the ugliest movies I think I've ever seen in my life. It is it is fucking atrocious to look at. Like some of the visual effects are are okay. Some of the the set design is really cool. I like uh, Midway City. I like that it kind of has like a like an old-fashioned kind of look to it. A lot of the buildings, the hallways like A lot of the cinematography. The
0: the, the alleyway that's near his apartment is a great looking set.
1: It's a great looking set. It's lit really well. The, the, The Wayne Manor in the Batcave looks great. There's so many great sections where it looks really, really good. And then you have this diarrhea ending where it's like, it is literally the, the the sweatshop behind the sweatshop that's doing the CG animation in, in fucking a foreign <laughs> country, you know what I mean? It's all the Marvel people that quit. Yeah, yeah it's awful, dude. There, some of the CG effects in this movie are just downright baffling, and it, it, they're so bad. It, I couldn't believe that they the end credits, it hangs on a, one of the CG effects, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, why are you showing this to me? This is like... This is like offensively bad. Like the the CG in this is is atrocious. The visual effects are some of the worst I've ever seen in any major, major motion picture. Easy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It looks like the scorpion king at the end of The Mummy Returns. It's bad.
1: And they've I, tried I,
0: to, they've tried to get ahead of the narrative by yep. saying it's from the speed force and the Flash's perspective when he's going really fast. That's a terrible cop out. It's because the Force also looks different in this movie than it has in the Zack Snyder movies, which in the Zack Snyder movies, I think it looks pretty cool. It looks a little bit closer to like the Quicksilver stuff in in like, especially in the Snyder Cut, the the um, the Iris scene with like the hot dogs and everything. I think that looks great. I was really hoping that the, the movie would look like that, but it's in it because they probably ran out of money. So here we are.
1: So here we are. Yeah. Whew. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, like, overall, the movie, it's decent. It's just who there's some things that just make it really frustrating to me more so than anything. But I think that, like you said, that's kind of been the narrative of this whole fucking franchise is that, like. I see a lot of potential in the movie. I think that Keaton is great. I think that we can unanimously agree that he's he's just got it. He's he's char- charismatic from the moment he steps on screen.
0: Dude hasn't been doing Batman for like 30, 40 years and he literally doesn't miss a beat. It's like he never stopped being Batman on screen. It's quite impressive, honestly. And I think it sucks that there's such a large narrative around this movie about the negative aspects of it. Both the star and the the production of it and everything. Because like we are extremely lucky that they even pulled this off at all. You know what I mean? Like he could have easily said no. Yeah, he could have been like, I'm not fucking doing that, but he did. They backed the money truck up to his house. He fucking put that rubber suit on, and he looked great, and he crushed it. So he did.
1: But they, I find very, myself very,
0: very happy to be putting my stocks in into Michael Keaton Batman. So
1: yeah, I just feel like there's a lot of moments where I like I see Keaton in the scene, and he's like doing a really good job of. I don't I can't spoil that. Sorry, I'm I'm going to skip over that. But he's doing a really great job of being Michael Keaton and acting and like being like, you know, down to earth and authentic. And in He's a scene. still
2: the,
0: he's still the weird zany Bruce Wayne.
1: Yeah, he's weird ass Bruce movie. Wayne, which I didn't yeah. I didn't expect. We'll get to that in spoilers. But like, man, I, there's just moments of this movie where I'm like, I, w- I just want I want to rescue Michael Keaton from this movie and put him in a better movie. Like there's got to be some type of. Initiative after if we could get the
0: Snyder cut made, there has to be an initiative to be like give him one more chance, you know what I mean? At least the Keaton guy. If, no, I want them to get Tim Burton to make
1: a third Batman movie with oh, him, man. And it is The Dark Knight Returns, Dark Knight Returns Michael with, with Michael Keaton. You just you, literally, I just got goosebumps when you said that, yeah,
0: yeah. I don't I know, think you, that movie that movie because you could publish it as an else worlds tale in James Gunn's universe. But that movie would be amazing. It'd be so good. It'd be so good. You might not be able to do it as well as you should because Harvey Dentz in the beginning of Dark Knight Returns and Billy D. Williams probably will not be able to act by the time they were making that movie. But you could still do something amazing, maybe with Tommy Lee Jones. I don't care. Whatever. Make that movie. Anything's That'd possible now, sick.
1: man. Anything, anything is possible.
0: Um, yeah. Get Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer in there. Fucking just do it.
1: Do it. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, if you've made it this far in the podcast and you're and you're you know, you're you haven't seen the movie yet, I guess at this point, like go see the movie, come back and go and see it. Check yeah. this out. I I, we I liked it. We liked it. I liked it. I, I don't. Here's the problem is that, you know, when we talked about this a lot is that like some Disney executive this week had a quote where they were talking about how they're worried about these box office returns because they think that we've quote, his quote was that we've trained audiences to expect that they don't need to go to the theater. They can just wait in a few weeks and the movie will be on demand. And that's going to be the big discussion over the next five, 10, 20 years is like theaters are going to continue to die off and dwindle and not be as prevalent. I guarantee you they're going to be more for those big marquee releases. So it's like, do you go see The Flash in theater? I don't know. I had an okay time. I, I also don't think that this, this is anything world-shattering that you need to rush out and see. Um, no. Which is but money talks, it, yeah.
0: and if you want – if this is the kind of thing that you want to support, then by all means go pay to see it. I think that's well worth your time. It's just – But you if know, you hate comic book movies and you want the industry to die, don't pay to see it. That's the best way to stop having yeah, them oh, come out. Yeah. You know what I mean? But at so this point like, too,
1: it's like go Warren Scorsese. W- just don't pay to see it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. But it's like go pay what you want to support, right? If you want to see them make movies like this, go pay money to go see it, right? But if you go, what? W- w- they're not going to? They're they're blowing this up, and that's, you know, I don't think they're. I mean, maybe. I mean, Mouchetti's already got his chance at Batman: Brave and the Bull, which I think that you know, if they get a better lead and co lead, and and the movie has a little bit more leeway and freedom, I think will be a much better movie than this. I just think that. Oh yeah. I just think that this movie is unfortunately marred by so much frustratingness behind the scenes, the the delays after delays after covid, Ezra Miller being a frustrating human being, like there's just like there's so many things that hurt this movie and it bums me out because I think it's really entertaining. I just, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's exactly yeah. what I thought it was going to be. It's right in the middle. Exactly. It's- it my exactly. you were completely right. Like my expect I was not I d- didn't have my expectations so low that it blew me away and I didn't have my expectations so high that it disappointed me. My expectation was that I was going to go in and I was going to be frustrated and I came out and I was frustrated, but I was still like, "You know what? I had an okay time. I had a big old tub of fucking popcorn and a diet cherry coke. I was sitting next yep. to a really beautiful girl and we fucking watched Aww. this watched this movie. She also has seen oh, yeah. like four dceu movies and so that was what i wanted to i brought her along has she and I was seen like, the tim burton batman movies she said that yeah she's seen batman 89 but like way back in the day like she said like her dad used okay. to watch it or whatever and it would be like on tv okay okay but not in a long time so it's like what she, she definitely doesn't have the keaton the keaton nostalgia but she, gonna,
0: it, gonna have the keaton gene. she doesn't have the keaton gene <laughs> so we, My we kids left him gonna have the keaton gene that's damn sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he got that Keaton in him. <laughs>
2: uh
1: she Maybe. I asked Yeah, I asked Emily after the movie. I was like, "So, what did you think about the movie?" And she's like, "Well, I thought it was cute." That was her that was her response. Was I thought it I thought it was cute. She's like, "Oh." She's like, "I enjoyed it." it is um cute. she I, I'm pretty sure she said it's something wrong lines holding of like, "Your mom. How can that be bad?" Sure. Um but like We're both just, mamas, mamas, mamas boys here, you know what I mean? Sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, she just didn't feel super like compelled by the movie. And, and my big question to her was like, you know, she was like, I'm glad I saw it. I laughed a couple times. Like I thought some of it was kind of fun, whatever, but it was just kind of like ultimately whatever. It was the vibe that I was kind of getting from her. And she, I asked her the big question, which is what I wanted to bring up on the podcast is I said, so John and I have been watching the DCEU movies for over a decade or almost a decade together. And this movie is supposed to be the end of it. Did you get a sense that this movie was like the finality closing the book on a franchise? And she was like, no way. No. And uh, I think that that is. It's not technically yeah. a hard end to it. It's just a,
0: it's a financial end to it for them. Business wise. But they wise, could bring anybody good. back whenever they want. A clever enough writer can figure that out. Sure. They did it two years ago. It's a little thing called Spider-Man No Way Home. And it worked. So. and it didn't work to
1: work great. Anything um, is fucking possible. But she's a general moviegoer. She doesn't she's not crazy like us and sees every single fucking movie that comes out to the theater. She's not yeah, we are also chronically insane. So we Oh yeah, we're we're, we're we need help. And uh, <laughs> 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 and she, uh, and I think that generally that seems to be the sentiment that I've seen online for the reception for this movie. Is just like it's kind of like meh. I think that the Rotten Tomatoes fan score being at 85% is that is that's high. I mean, that's that's yeah, that's you have the to Snyder fans. That's that's the Snyder push, man. That always happens. Yeah, the community likes to support these movies in droves, even though Zack Snyder, I respect had that honestly. I really,
0: movie. I really do. Well, I mean, he casted a, a majority of these people, but it's a fair point. Um, his fucking his fucking fingerprints are still over this. Like, at least a little bit, a little teeny a little bit, little baby fingers. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, I I don't know. That's just I saw it with someone that you know generally likes movies, but you know didn't have any attachment to it. And she just she didn't she didn't love it. She didn't hate it. I think she was just like it was fun. It was cute. That was her reaction. Yeah, that's not what. I don't think that's what they to wanted. Me- <laughs> <laughs> to me, this movie felt like a two hour version of the
0: of a CW Flash finale in both in terms of visual effects and acting at times.
1: I got some CW vibes with a little
0: injection acted. of some fucking pure cocaine adrenaline into my blood. That was my cookie and fighting Russians. You know what I mean?
1: So <laughs> yeah, they did have him fight Russians. Yeah. OK, so that's it. We're officially translated transitioning to spoilers Um, I think we're just going to go ahead and just jump right into the fucking plot of this movie. Yeah, we should we should probably start the plot.
2: plot, (laughs) So,
1: (laughs) yeah, well, well, that's going to be that should tell you, though, how long we've been
0: waiting to see this movie, though, is that we've been talking about this for over an hour and we haven't even discussed the plot. Yeah, Shazam: Fury of the Gods. We were almost done by now. <laughs> so, well,
1: Shazam: Fury of the Gods. We were like forty-five minutes, and we were like, we got wine to drink, we got video games to play. Let's fucking let's finish this thing so we can st- fucking not anymore, huh?
0: I mean, we haven't even started the plot synopsis, and I'm out of vino. So, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> choo choo motherfucker, choo choo motherfucker. So, um, for my plot synopsis, I I did this old school. You'll like this. I thought I was watching the movie. Right. Barry Allen, uh, forensics analysis for uh, Central City Police Department, wrote all of my notes down on a yellow legal pad. And I actually think I got everything. And I just this is from the dome. I did not Wikipedia any of this. (laughs) I swear to God, this is the first DC movie I've seen. In years that I haven't been under the influence of anything. And I think I was able to write down everything that happened in this movie. But you could be the judge if you can recall.
1: So. I was stone cold sober, by the way. Yeah, it felt stone cold sober at the end. That's for damn sure. <laughs> <true. laughs> the lights came up with your dick in your hand.
2: yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So,
1: is it over? What time is it?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. Well,
0: let's dive into the plot. So I kind of wrote it down beat by beat. And we can kind of hash things out, obviously, if it's a big action set piece. I'm sure you'll do Zach has questions. Feel free to interject whenever. Um, if I don't seem to be catching your attention, just start waving your hands around or something.
1: Yeah, anytime so, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna just You're gonna, gonna do the I'm thing. I'm gonna enter the speed force right now. I'm entering so this the is plot the only- force. The only
0: thing I cannot remember for the life of me is how it goes from opening credits to the beginning of the movie. But I think the beginning of the movie is him walking into the bagel deli. Is that correct?
1: The opening of the movie is uh, it. It just starts like and a, it shows it's the clock. Apple Watch. Okay. It shows yeah, it shows the clock and then it zooms out and he's in the ca- he's in the cafe.
0: Okay. So Barry Allen is in a is in a cafe in Central City and he's checking his Apple Watch and his calorie count is low. Which if you have read Flash comics, but they don't really explain. As of yet, in this moment in time, means that he's running out of energy to run. He's here. He walks up to the counter. He's supposed to have his normal lady who is out sick with her boyfriend or something like that. So they're not entirely sure if she's actually sick, but he has a special order. He has a super bagel sandwich that has peanut butter and eggs and honey and raisins and all this kind of shit that we were talking about earlier. And there's a new guy working. And boy, does this guy like to talk. And I never thought I'd see Ezra Miller speechless on screen in a scene before, but this guy is a fucking chatterbox. While he's ordering the bagel, we get a call from Alfred. You remember Alfred?
2: I remember that guy. I I like that guy.
0: Jeremy Irons, truly one of my favorite Alfreds on screen, is back. And he's calling in Barry saying that Bruce Wayne needs his help uh, in Gotham City. And Barry's kind of like begrudgingly wanting to go. Uh, He's like, why don't you call the rest of the Justice League? And what we get is a fun little scene where Barry zooms into the bathroom, changes into the Flash costume, goes outside, and is about to run to Gotham City while he's talking to Alfred when he gets stopped by a bunch of kids. They throw a candy bar at his ass, and then he does the thing that Zach was just doing, he puts his hands forward, and then he starts to run.
3: Well,
1: I'm going to stop you already. Yeah. A clever thing that I actually liked, and I thought the movie was going to do more of, is kind of play with the Flash and his, like, inner, his, the is like interaction with the world and stuff like that like and i thought that like this was a cool moment of style because yeah barry barry goes down he's got the pose or whatever the goggles come on and then the title like starts juicing up like it's like charging like a video game and then the girl the girls walk up and they're like oh my god it's the flash i love the flash He's like, hey hey, everybody thanks for coming out or whatever i gotta gotta go do some stuff i just
0: thought it was weird that ezra miller was interacting with kids
1: yeah not the best not the best call (laughs) We should probably keep keep them far away.
2: Keep from them, boys, it's but. like
1: mean girls stay away from the underage girls. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the one girl's the one girl's like eating a power bar, and and Barry's like, yo, you. you. He tossed that to me in the name of justice or whatever, and she like hucks it or whatever, and it just like bounces off his head. I thought that was pretty And funny. then Alfred like
0: calls him again, he misses and it hits his head. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, but then so he goes he, back down to do the charge yeah. up again, and then the flash title card fully appears before he jets down the road. And I was like, I was like, oh, okay. I was like, that's kind of like that. Reminded me of like Scott Pilgrim. I was like, Yeah, it's very I was, fun. I was like, this is a really fun, like stylistic choice. I hope the movie has more like that. <laughs> You silly, stupid little idiot! <laughs> oh, I'm a stupid, silly boy. You silly, silly boy.
0: Uh, so he's running. He's running over to
1: Gotham, and um, which looked terrible, him. by the way. Just, just, just awful. This whole ordeal, like him running through the yeah. tunnel and the mountains and the city and everything like that. I was like, this is, this looks like a fucking PlayStation game. Yes, it looks bad. It looks bad when
0: he's running across water and stuff like that. Um, this is the first time that we have really been to Gotham in a minute in the Snyder Cut era, correct? It's been since Justice League, at least. Um, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. When yeah. they
0: when they went to the fucking sewer tunnels to fight Steppenwolf in Gotham City or whatever. Just like a bat, I dig it. Uh, oh, anyway, man. Jesus. Yeah. So Barry gets to Gotham while he's doing that. He's talking to Alfred. He's not entirely sure why he's getting tapped into this. He's asking Alfred, what about Superman? And we get a glimpse of the back of Henry Cavill putting out a volcano, which I think is sick. And then he asks about Diana and he said, first choice, she's not answering. And he's like, wait, so I'm not the first, first, first choice and stuff like that. And we come to find that that Batman patches in and it's Batfleck. He's chasing Carmine Falcone's son, who is trying to rob a techno virus uh and is trying to get away with it hold the city at ransom classic gotham shit it's a normal tuesday
2: um
0: there's a great scene where where in this moment he's talking to bruce and he's like he's like i don't even know why you have me on the scene you're not even here and then it shows the bat uh the bat wing from the batfleck movies and he drives the fucking bat cycle out of the back of it and it's just tight it's it's sick
1: Dude, this
0: the Batman suit looks so good in this opening. It's got like a little bit light blue gray tint to the cape to be a little bit more like Cape Crusadery type shit. And it's just like the camera angles too. Like I see why they chose him for Brave and the Bold. Like there's a scene where like the bat cycle comes from behind Batfleck and then the camera comes into focus behind him. That is actually like really, like, really cool stylized stuff here, in my opinion.
1: Oh yeah, no, dude. This whole this whole scene is great. I thought from stem to stern, it's awesome. Until we get to the babies, which we'll talk about the babies. But like, we'll get to the babies in a minute. We'll get to the babies, but but yeah, this whole interchange with Alfred, him running into the city gets to the city. Ben Affleck, that Affleck is there. Just the cartooniness of it. I I was loving it. I was like, okay. It, the tone was perfect. It's it was exactly perfect. Like it, it's this is exactly how I wanted this like. I think that we'll talk about the Batflex send-off, which I'm conflicted about, um, but I do really like this whole thing where it's just like, like you said, it's a fucking, it's a Tuesday in Gotham. Carmine Falcone's son just decided that he wants to fucking rob a, like a bioweapon in the broad daylight. It's from, like,
0: from the hospital, from Gotham General. Let's like, <laughs> keeping it there. It's like <laughs> That's some it, comic book shit though, you know what I mean? And that's what it, totally. I liked about it, is it felt, it felt like a Silver Age comic book, like 50s and 60s, where they're just like, Oh no! There's a virus that astronauts are taking into space, and Lex Luthor is trying to hack the launch sequence and unleash the virus. And it's like, why are astronauts sure. taking into space? Who cares? I don't
1: know. Yeah, doesn't matter.
2: It's like we get to
1: see we get to see him use his fucking grappling hook to like jump into a fucking car and beat the shit out of some people. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I I, I loved it. I thought this was great. It felt it was... like a comic book. It felt it, it was probably one of my favorite parts of the movie.
0: For sure, and for sure. And I love the line where he's like, he's like, you're the only one that's fast enough to do cleanup at the hospital. I'm just the only one that can save the world or something like that. It's just like really cocky, like fun Batman, like banter with Flash. Um, Quick moment from the motorcycle chase before we get to the sequence towards the end of it with the bridge, which is after the baby stuff. I love when the Humvee's about to hit all the kids crossing at the crosswalk. And the bat cycle shoots out like this ball that explodes into spikes that cover the entire width of the road and they have to detour around it. I thought that was really cool. I was like, this is some fun, like bat tech. Like, I, I, this is stuff I haven't seen before, which for me was just getting my jimmies going. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Never rub another man's rhubarb. Um But yeah, so while this is happening, Barry is at the hospital. It's starting to cave in a little bit from an explosion that was caused in the heist. And Alfred is analyzing that the East Wing is going to collapse. Barry claims that he's already cleared the East Wing, but he forgot one room, which is, of course, a room with a bunch of brand new babies.
1: How can you how can you forget?
0: Because he's Barry Allen and he hasn't had his calories yet, which he keeps keeps reminding us that he hasn't had his snack yet,
1: um, which is the most
0: (laughs) immature thing ever but so the east wing of the building begins to fall and then we get the barry allen version of the quicksilver sequence from x-men days of future past and apocalypse which is let me run super slow manipulate stuff that's falling around me so that at the end of the sequence it all occurs in real time and and like everything's fine however the cg for these babies is it looks like Shrek. It's just, like, there's no Dude. other way to put it. It's bad. Like, they Dude. look they look fake. Dude. It's like, more fake than a CG baby would look. There's a part where he's holding one that I'm like, you couldn't even have gotten the one with Ezra Miller in the shot to look good. Like, I get it. If he's running, if their if their goal was every time he's moving, stuff looks fake, fine. Stand by that. Whatever. But there are parts of this movie where he is interacting with stuff in the speed force
1: and that in real time should look real in my opinion. I don't know. Agreed. No, this scene is, this scene is baffling because it starts at the beginning. I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay. so he's going to he's saving these people from the hospital. That's cool. Flash stuff. It's he's going fast and doing stuff and saving people. Great. Okay, cool. We know what the Flash does. Cool. And then it's the East Wing is going to collapse. And then it's the shot above. And it's like the there's like a mom and a dad or whatever. And they're like at the door of this, like the little in like center or whatever with all the little babies. And then like the the thing hits and collapses. And then it's a wide shot of about fifty baby carriages rolling towards the rolling towards this window, yeah. and I was like, wh- "What is this movie? What?" I was I couldn't believe that they were showing me this. I was like, "This is so wild." The doctor grabs one of the babies and starts sliding down the sliding down the thing and then out the window, This felt then, like it, like a
0: Ramy thing to me, but not the, not the, the, the scene, babies falling out of their own free will. You
1: know? Yeah, I think the scene felt very Ramy. Like this felt very like Spider Man. Spider-Man saves the parade kind of sequence, right?
0: Yeah, uh, Spider-Man 3 with fucking Bryce Dallas Howard falling out the window. Sure.
1: Um, but yeah, dude. They'll yeah, oh play one on me. They'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, our, my theater, so um, I should talk about this. My theater was not full. Um, I think there maybe were 20 people in my theater, and I saw it in Dolby on a Friday night. Um, Damn. At premium. the biggest theater in Cincinnati. So, uh, Very cool. Yeah, quite the premiere. But this is one of those scenes where there was a lot of audible laughter. <laughs> oh, yeah. For, and I think same that here. you're supposed to be laughing, I think. No, I, I, I think it's played for
0: laughs, but why? Like, babies in peril. <laughs> that's funny.
2: <laughs> it's
1: like, I can't believe that know, they decided that's funny. to
0: if do it this. If it was, like, old, it, no offense, but if it was, like, old people, like a senior citizen's home, and it's a bunch of wheelchairs falling out the window, that sounds funny. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? Like, he literally puts a
1: Child abuse, not on the scale of John Parker funniness. Child abuse down here, not very funny. Elder abuse.
0: (laughs) Sure. Real real funny. Yeah, why not? (laughs) I mean, he literally puts a baby in a microwave to keep it safe. Yeah. Which is just like... It's just given what we know, it's not. It's not what
2: you want. He saw,
1: He clearly saw Indiana Jones in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and he was like, "This baby's gonna be fine. I'm gonna put him in a microwave. He's gonna yeah. land. It's gonna be just fine." That being said, we he saves all the babies. He puts them
0: all on a on a um, gurney, as well as the nurse, and we get what I think is arguably the most egregious joke given what we know now which is don't worry you're safe however these events can be rather traumatizing you should seek the help of a mental health professional the justice league does not provide those trust me and then he runs off and i'm like Ugh. it's like you didn't think about cutting that one like is that <laughs> is that like
1: insensitive do you think i didn't think it was funny at all <laughs> I, de- oh, I definitely didn't it's think ironic. it was ironic it's, it's not ironic. Funny. It's ironic, yeah. I did not think it was funny, but the fact that it was Ezra Miller delivering that line, I'm just like, well, that was a fucking choice. I mean, what a what a weird what a weird circumstance that that's the line that you have Ezra Miller deliver. Yeah. So anyway, cut
0: back to the bridge. Batman's chasing down the Humvee. Um, they do blow up his bike, or like they they knock over a tanker, and he has to the the tanker explodes, and Batman shoots off the bike, does a fucking sick open the cape Arkham Knight style, lands on the Humvee, guy's looking around, pans around, doesn't see him, comes back, boom, there he is. He just gets fucking trucked. Batfleck gets in there and he's just going to town on these dudes. And I thought that this scene was dope. When he's like in there and he's like slamming them against shit and like throwing them out. It was incredibly awesome. Truck goes over the side, Batman gets the grapple. He's holding Falcone over the bay. And the virus is about to be released into the bay. It's gonna fall out of the briefcase. Alfred's like if that gets into the water, the water's tainted for years. Like, we're fucked. Just as the GCPD pulls up to Zach's house as I yeah, see I was that, gonna they're say they're the, fucking, the fucking
1: Federales are outside. They're they're racing down my street. Yeah. Batman. No, this, whole, fingers, this whole scene's awesome. Yeah, Batman's well, it's almost awesome until the end.
0: It's no, I'm just kidding. I think it's cool. His fingers are slipping, he's about to drop Falcone in the in the river. And we get a fucking and we get a golden (laughs) we get a golden lasso that wraps around both of them, yanks them up, and who should be here again for the second time in 2023 as a day day dayus maxima necamakama machina.
1: Third time. Why? Fast X.
0: Third. Oh, sorry. I thought just Wonder Woman. Oh yeah, third time for the actress for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Wonder Woman is here, ladies and gentlemen. Gal Gadot reprises her role, potentially for the last time, as Wonder Woman. At this point, I think she's going to be in everything going forward. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, Wonder Woman pulls them both up. Flash gets to the scene of the crime. Everybody's bound by the lasso. We get, I think, a really funny scene. It worked on me the first time in Justice League, and it worked on me again here, which is people that are wearing the lasso of truths just start to talk a little bit too much. And Ben Affleck is like clearly infatuated with Gal Gadot still. And he's just like, he's like, hey, how's it going? It's like, he's like, I'm too my ego's too big to say thank you. And then he's talking about like, I don't really know why I do this with all my money. I should just be giving it away. I could probably solve pro- poverty overnight if I just stop fighting crime. And it's just like <laughs> really good. And then Barry touches it and he's like, I understand what sex is, but I've never had it before.
2: Yeah. And <laughs> stuff like
0: that. <laughs> This all this all like busted up my
1: theater. I don't know about you. Yeah, the, the, uh, our theater didn't laugh at hard as as hard as this as they did during the baby sequence, but I st- I think this scene worked for me more comedically than that. Um I really I really sure. it's the only line in the movie that really got me that Ezra delivers is the I I know what sex is, but I don't I don't know exactly know how it works. It's just it's a funny delivery. <laughs> um There's here's another
0: a- Ezra line that I think was funnier,
1: but yeah. OK, well, here's what I'll say about this this scene and the Gal Gadot cameo, because we we ranted about her cameo in Shazam 2, which is one of the because worst she
2: things I've brought him in
0: back to life. She's not bringing anyone back to life here. This is just normal Justice League comic book shit. Yeah,
1: she's officially Jesus. <laughs> she, she brought back a motherfucker from the she's dead. Where,
0: she's whatever Gotham needs me to be. <laughs> yeah. Did you think she was on set with them? There's a wide shot with her, and Ben. But I wasn't entirely sure.
1: That's a good that. question. I wasn't really even thinking about that. But if I went back and looked, I would be curious to like kind of look at that wide shot again.
0: I also I dig the um the Batman armor that he's wearing. It's like a breastplate with this fucking goddamn. Yeah. I need a Lego immediately. I looked it up. This movie's so bad there are no Lego sets for it at all.
2: Really? That's not even
1: Keaton Batwing, which is sad. Huh. Bummer. Well, they have been doing those like throwback Batman '89 Lego sets. So well, like, yeah, I mean, like I could go
0: get those, but I wanted the gyroscopic one that we get in this movie, which is just
2: the fucking titties. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but here's what I, here's what I'll say about the Gal Gadot thing before we move past it is I saw a comment on Reddit where someone said if if I had a dollar for every time Gal Gadot showed up in the third in in a movie as a cameo this year, I'd have three dollars, which isn't that yeah. much money, but it's weird that it happened three
2: times. <laughs>
0: agree 100% yeah I mean she she burned like the brightest star for like three or four years and then her roles started getting cut and now she's being turned into cameo status which is kind of sad but we'll see I personally do not think she's James Gunn's Wonder Woman going forward but I would not be upset if she was I just don't think he wants to go in that direction but we'll see hard to tell because there are some people that he clearly feels akin to keeping on. Yeah. Um, and others that he doesn't.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I actually kind of hope that she, you know, just speaking personally about Gal Gadot, the actress, like I actually, I, I hope that she's a, plays a big role in fast 10 too. Um, I hope that she's, she's, she will in more of that. Um, But yeah, I I don't know. We'll see where where her future lies as Wonder Woman. But I think that this is kind of a cute send-off if this is her last time playing the character.
0: Yeah, and I think it's cool. We wanted, before this, we were hoping that we'd get her, Ben, and Henry Cavill on scene together. But um, I will settle for this, for sure. I think it's a a well-constructed Justice League scene by a landslide, better than anything in the Snyder Cut, in my opinion, so just in terms of, like, comedy and banter with them. Yeah, totally. So Barry leaves to go get his bagel. Uh, Carmine Falcone's son tries to run away, and Batman hits him with a a no-look Batarang shot, which is just fucking tight, and just, like, knocks him out. Um, Barry chows down his bagel. He's late for his job. He shows up to late work again. His boss is really mad. He works at the Central City Police Department Crime Lab. He's been doing forensics analysis. Because they don't ever say this explicitly, They kind of do in Justice League, but he's obsessed with criminal forensics because he's trying to prove that his dad is innocent for murdering his mom allegedly. Um, I know that they mention it with the iris scene that follows this. We get this See, you it? know, this this podcast is kind of like making the actual Flash movie. You know what <laughs> I mean? We've had to stop and start so many times.
1: That's probably actually fair, you know. I, I, but yeah. hey, I'm I'm I'm, I'm game. I'm, I'm on Team Zoom. I'm deleting the Skype app. Fuck that. Fuck that noise. I'm just going to buy it. <laughs> so where were we? Did we not get any of the last little bit? um I told you I was going to download that audio file and you bet your ass I did. But did I listen to it? That's that's the question. That's you know the question. Let's just day. go
0: from his job and just go again. Because we're burning rubber right now, my boy.
1: The last, th- yeah, I know. The okay, so we download the autopilot. That's a real for, for. That's a real shame. Because the audio, the the video that did get saved was me going, "Okay, are you ready? I'm going to hit the record, and we're going to burn this." And you go, "Okay," and you salute, and then it ends.
3: <laughs> Perfect
1: so we just lost all that that's that's a real fucking shame we talked about rio morales and fucking his mom but yeah okay so not quite so pretty much what we had to talk about before we were rudely interrupted by the speed force
0: is that uh barry is leaving his job and has an awkward interaction with iris west who is a reporter that he has a crush on from school he's talking to his dad on the phone who's in prison because bruce wayne sent him a flash drive that shows security footage of his dad purchasing tomatoes but he never looks up at the security camera. So it's not a solid alibi from murdering his mom. And Barry gets emotional puts on the flash shoot and goes over to his childhood home, where we get a flashback of him and his mom making pasta sauce and and other pasta ingredients together. Ron Livingston plays his dad. Now, not Billy Crudup, which Zach was confused about. Very confused. You missed the whole tirade, but that's okay. It was, it lives in my (laughs) mind now only (laughs) it's canon in my mind. And, um, in this sequence, we see that that Barry and his mom and his dad are living a nice life, and his mom forgot a can of tomatoes at the store for the sauce, sends his dad to go get it. When his dad is coming back, Barry hears a commotion, and he comes down into the kitchen to see that his mom has been stabbed in the chest, and his dad is holding her, saying, Barry, call 911. Barry runs out of the room as a real-life Ezra Miller looks on, you know, witnessing this flashback here. Zach, what did you think of
1: this scene? I really liked it. Like I said in the deleted uh, the Snyder <laughs> Cut, um, I, I really liked all this stuff. I liked the flashbacks. I thought it was just visually striking, really well edited and really well done. I like the family. I like the acting all around. I think this is some of the strongest stuff in the movie. Again, like the whole opening of this movie. I'm like, OK, we
2: yeah.
1: had some Baffling. We had some Wonder Woman. I'm kind of yeah. into this shit. I'm like, I'm like, this is actually pretty good. I was like, maybe this is enda- going to end up being like way better than I thought it was going to be. Um, so I really, really like this whole opening sequence. Here's a question. Zach has questions. Comic book lore, please. Yeah. Who stabs his mom? Do you want to know? Well, do we are we ever going to see this in the fucking DCEU? <laughs> DCEU? It's Really hard to say at this point. I don't think so. It's the reverse flash kills.
0: OK, mom. the reverse flash kills Barry Allen's mom to create the flash because the reverse flash is only as good as his hero and needs a nemesis
2: in
0: okay. the future.
1: And do you th- can you think of a reason why they did not include that in the ending as well? Because that seems like... They- I heard because they were saving it as a big reveal for a
0: sequel that is now never going to be made. Which again, like the visual effects, is a huge fucking boner cop-out. You know what I mean? Big old boner cop-out. Yeah. Um, so we get this really cool moment where the collect call from the prison ends, and Barry's just like zombie turns and just instinctively starts running which i think is actually pretty cool and yeah this is when he discovers that he can go back in time however uh this is where the beginning of the visual effects woes in the chronosphere segment kind of start to lose me
1: holy jesus
0: (laughs) zach can you do me a favor and kind of explain. So he's running back in time. At first it's black and then he arrives in this room. It's almost like a Coliseum, if you will. Can you kind of explain to the listeners what exactly it is, that we're looking at here?
1: Yeah. Imagine if Crash Bandicoot fucking spunked all over goddamn Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> That's kind of what we're dealing with right here. Is we're dealing with a PlayStation 2 cutscene. Now, so Barry Allen is running, right? <laughs> fast <laughs> and he goes like this and he opens his hurry arm hurry up matthew mcconaughey and, I'm not, i don't need the fucking true and then he goes <laughs> back in time and then time's a flat circle time is a like, flat oh, circle yeah i don't we came up around the back and then i popular the doing.
2: <laughs> remy
1: <LeBou>. labue <laughs> no so yeah the speed force is a thing where he and it's like this so it's he's what gives the
0: speedsters their energy it's it's a it's a extra dimensional entity within the dc comics but barry is able to enter i know i sound insane i don't give a fuck no, barry's able to possible. enter it to travel backwards in time however the visual representation in this movie is like he's running in place on a treadmill and ring get closer to him that are moments in time But they're weird visual representations of moments that are happening with like terribly CGI'd like mannequins essentially of people. So like he sees he's running backwards in time and he sees the events from earlier in the day, such as Bruce and the babies and all that kind of shit. And then he picks a moment and he like pokes his head through it and he is looking into the past and realizes that he can step through and enter the past
1: and they use this moment to show us this goddamn baby again it, he, again he goes to he, Andy Spaghetti he goes loves
0: like, babies he goes
1: see the thing and it's like this this ezra miller head coming out of the fucking sky and if i was this baby that and i ezra, saw that ezra shit miller i'd shit doing, myself
0: the funny thing is that ezra miller doing this is exactly what those babies were doing a couple hours before you know what <laughs> Peek-a-boo. coming out of the virgin. oh they were
1: coming out the pussy <laughs> That's what that is. I thought you were
0: playing Peekaboo. That's a much cuter representation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that's that's the sound you made when you came out? (laughs) You're like,
0: me specifically? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Ask my mom next time you see (laughs)
1: her. What? What? What do you sound
0: like? What was it? What was the first noise that he made?
2: <laughs> Keaton!
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, the next the next moment that we get is Barry decides to tell the only person that it seems like he has any close confidant with, which is Bruce Wayne, p- played by Ben Affleck, as we established earlier. They're sitting in the alley, Batman and and Bruce or and, and Barry are talking about this and he's explaining to him that he now has the capabilities of running backwards in time. And he claims that maybe he could go back and save his mom or change something, and he could save Bruce's parents, he could change the course of history, yada, yada, yada. And Bruce is like, or you could destroy everything. Our scars are what made us who we are as people, which I think is a really cool line delivered by Ben. And he's like, you know... Barry says something along the lines of like it made you a hero and then Ben says but it also made me alone which I thought was really cool that they're like playing into the fact that Ben's Batman and what we will see from Keaton's Batman are pretty similar later on in the movie Um, what did you think of of this scene specifically because we should say this is the last we see of one Mr. Ben Affleck in this This movie and potentially the DCEU and DCU going forward
1: yeah, I said it earlier. I'm not thrilled with the send off. I I like the idea of it. I just wish that there was just a little bit more time left to linger with Ben Affleck's Batman. But that's just because I think there it was in an epilogue. Yeah, I I just think that we're um, I, I personally I'm just a big Ben. I I like Ben Affleck a lot. I just yeah. I like him as Batman. I like him as Bruce Wayne. I just wanted more of him. So I you know I can't. Can't complain. At least we got some kind of closure because I do like the whole thing. He's like, yeah, he's like our scars. He's like our trauma is what defines us. And he talks about, you know, he he basically puts the whole thing in into place where he's like, you know, he's like, you should probably not consider doing something like this because, you know, who would you be if you weren't the person that you are today? Basically, it's like, would you go back and change something? But it's, you know, and that was a cool thing, too, is that like uh, Emily and I were having this discussion on the drive home from the movie. We were both talking like, is there anything that you would go back in time and change? And we were talking about like, if you could go back in time and change one specific thing, would you do it knowing that you might not know what the consequences are? And of course I would you never, fucking don't. I would never, you, I, there's would.
0: not a single thing in my past. And this is just me speaking as a privileged white man. There's not a single thing in my past that I would go back and change because I, I agree with the sentiment. Our scars are what make us who we are. And, and, bruce says something to Barry that i think is actually really really emotionally resonant for that character because they they had on that they kind of established in justice league where he's just like and there's not a damn thing that's wrong with you at all you know what i mean and he's just like but he needs a friend you know and then the the thing that's kind of sad to me is that the scene ends with him being like you want to go get a food i could eat again and stuff like that and he's like maybe another time and like he gives this kind of like almost like sad delivery almost as if like that's ben saying like maybe another time i would get to be batman at least that's how i interpreted it no you know what i I mean i
1: think that it's i don't know if it's necessarily supposed to be that sort of interpretation but ben affleck's delivery is very like it doesn't feel defeated more than it just it feels very melancholy which you know is i think a decent way to send off the character i just would have liked a little bit more i like his last line of dialogue it's just you know i i just wanted to see more of him in the movie but uh i think that and
0: before Yeah, sorry.
1: No, you go ahead. I
0: was gonna say before we continue, we should say it was reported originally and and confirmed at least. We don't know if it's in the theatrical cut at all, but Ben Affleck shot scenes in Aquaman: The Lost Kingdom, which is supposed to come out later on this year. On (laughs) Momoa's Instagram, he was hanging out with Ben. I don't know if that's still happening. This is before the James Gunn acquisition of the DC film franchise. So it's very really, like a very real possibility that it got cut. I have no idea. So
1: shit, dude, we might be going back to the well then. No, they've confirmed
0: that that is not in the DCEU. We can go back to the well if you want on the regular pod, but we don't have to go back for DCEU and review. So,
1: it's, but it's Arthur Curry and it's Jason. We'll R- talk R- about R- it
0: at the end. Save your thoughts. All right. Okay. <laughs> because there's a, very interesting conversation to be had here about about jason momoa specifically that i I do want to touch on but it's already 11 so moving on um after bruce leaves iris shows up and we have this really um ultimately non important scene in his apartment where him and iris are sharing a beer and she kind of mentions that you know you can't go back and change something big you have to go back and just like change you know the outcome of something and that gives Barry the idea that maybe he doesn't have to go back and necessarily stop the person that murders his mom maybe he could change something and he fixates on the if she has the tomato sauce can she never has to send my dad to the supermarket which means that the robber quote-unquote never thinks that the house is unoccupied because the car is gone and wouldn't kill his mom so he goes back in time he goes to the supermarket he puts a can in the cart As the flash, he's moving in in flash time and he gives the creepiest delivery of the entire movie for me, which is don't forget the can of tomatoes and then like like slinks out of the room. (laughs) What did you think of that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, his time stopping abilities are a little freaky deaky because he he gets the chance to kind of just say whatever he wants to the people that are in these scenes that are just basically ragdolls. So Cause like we can't hear him because they can't hear him with his mom. He's like, he's like, but it's like, he's looking at her dead in the eye He's Like, love you, mom. Love you more. I love, loved you first. <laughs> I love you more. I love you first. Yeah. <laughs> it's really Very freaky. Weird. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, what I will say, though, is I like the scene of him and um, Iris at his apartment. Um. I thought more it was kind of cute so like, than outside the courtyard for sure. Definitely more so than outside the courtyard. But I like that he's like putting things together. He's like a little erratic so he's not like you know saying things specifically. He's just like kind of like yeah I'm like he's like oh, I'm just kind of crazy and I'm saying all this stuff. I really like the moment where he phases through the wall to go steal other people's beers and I was like I'd do that. I was like if I was a superhero I'd be doing that shit all the time. Are you kidding me? I would never buy Congrats, anything ever Stella's. yeah, yeah, And then he's like <laughs> <laughs> he like, because he's like vibrating them or whatever. He's on the couch and he opens one of them and it just explodes. Everywhere. I, was like, I was like, that's pretty. Yeah,
0: there is some funny physical comedy in this movie, which we'll, we'll get to here in a little bit. So after he puts the can of tomatoes into the cart, he then runs back in time to see if it was effective. Um, while he is running back to his current time, a gigantic wraith type creature comes out of the speed force and knocks him out of like the chronosphere that he's running into. And he rolls into the street. He's outside of his home. Goes inside. Mom's still alive, dad's still alive, not in prison. They're like, "Barry, so good to see you." There's a weird comedy moment where he steals the clothes of his neighbors really quickly before he runs inside. So he's wearing like a cardigan Man. with like some corduroy pants.
1: He just robbed that woman blind. <laughs> I'm telling you man he's the
0: reverse flash that's the twist. <laughs> he's a terrible person. Um but he he gets inside and they have a nice little heart to heart and um you know he gets to have dinner with both of them for the first time in probably God knows how long at least 10 years and or more. Um but they're asking him, you know, about Iris and all this kind of stuff and then they're asking him about school and he's, he's like what school yeah school is going well. And then he looks outside and he sees a younger Barry Allen in full 2010s regalia with the over there headphones and the flannel. And he just looks like a fucking douche. (laughs) And (laughs) Barry's, this is what I wanted to talk to you about. Barry's immediate instinct is to attack this guy And revealed that he is himself from the future, which I thought was the cardinal rule in Back to the Future of like, don't interact with yourself. Don't do that. Right? Don't do that. I thought that was really weird. And I should just make this statement now. The two berries thing, not a fan. Um, I did not like this at all, particularly. I think there is 40% of this movie that is Ezra
1: Miller talking to Ezra Miller, and I don't care. See, that's the problem. That's the problem is that I like this in theory. And I actually liked a lot of this stuff with with as we're talking to Ezra, I like Barry talking to Barry. Like I like that it's two different berries. Like I said at the beginning, like I really like that. It's like, OK, so it's Barry with it's kind of like Thanos in Infinity War versus Thanos and Endgame, right? Like you have two different types sure. of the same character. One has experienced loss and pain and suffering and one has experienced, you know, Nothing like the, he He makes that one bit later on where he's like, You use Mr. Giblets as a dartboard or whatever. He's like, He's like, what What's his name? What's his name? Oh, I have no idea. I just think that's funny. Oh, okay. That's a name well, that Mr. out of your Giblets? ass, I think. Isn't Giblets a thing? I have
0: no idea. Really? I think it's, I think you use Mr. Monkey because it's a monkey.
1: What'd you say, what'd you say Mr. Giblets? <laughs>
2: Mr. Giblets. <laughs> Are you with me? Yeah, Mr. Chiffins. Yes.
1: <laughs> By the way, All I right. just watched the Always Sunny episode where they sleep in the castle, and I was dying laughing at Dennis talking to the castle. He's like, Tonight, are you sure? <laughs> but the hair is attached to the head. <laughs> that shit cracked me up. Yeah, it's good uh, stuff. Good Man, stuff. Always good stuff. Sunny. Um, yeah, so no, but I liked I liked the younger Barry that's like, he does hasn't had the weight of the world crash on. He doesn't have powers, he doesn't have responsibilities. He doesn't know what it's like to live without a mom or a dad. Like he's like, <laughs>
0: "Did you like the laugh though?" where he's like, "Oh." Yo, he does dude, like a million
1: times. Whatever the fuck Ezra Miller was doing in terms of acting as young Barry, awful. Just awful. And I re- but the one moment that I really really liked, and spoil future spoilers for the for a few minutes into the movie is when he's testing his powers and he he does like this and Ezra <laughs> And future Barry's like, yeah, I know Speedy Gonzalez. We try that. We try that. And then he yeah. does it. Yeah. And I like that whole scene, by the way. But Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk about that in a minute because that is for me the funniest that the movie is personally. Um. But yeah, so no. anyway, so sorry. Go, sorry. 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 Go ahead. Yes. You are absolutely no, yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah.
1: Just to interject. Terrible. You don't see yourself young future you and try and stop yourself from talking to your parents. What you do is you say, got to run, got to go to the bathroom. And I'm pretty sure he even says that. He's like, I got spicy diarrhea or something like that. And then he like runs away. <laughs> but it's like, that's all you do. You run away and then you observe the situation. Because then young Barry comes in and like, oh, you were just in here. You were acting really funny. You He's change like, your no clothes and wear your hair back out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> But it's like, instead he decides to assault him, totally in character for Ezra not for Barry and then uh he's and then they it's and then with the mind <laughs> and then he immediately reveals his identity and then it's like okay well now what you don't have the rest of the movie unless you have this moment this is what this is one of those like lazy writing things to me
3: yeah yeah
1: well
0: so uh, for the rest of the pod while I'm summarizing the plot, I'm going to be referring to our Barry as Barry and young Barry as YB young Barry. Okay. It's just going to be easier than me saying all these consonants. So Barry explains to YB. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing Go ahead.
2: <laughs>
0: YB sounds like a rapper. Is that what you're going to say? It's young Barry, baby. Young B in the hizzy. Yeah. So, Barry, B. Tells, Barry tells YB essentially how they get their powers and all can that we, kind of stuff.
3: Can we call him Little B?
0: Can we call Lil, him Little B? Little B. <laughs> sure, Little B is fine. Okay, cool. So there Barry goes. tells Little B um, that it's he asks what day it is, and it's September 29th, 2013. And we find out that that's the day that Barry got his powers. So he says, if you don't get your powers then there's no way that I will ever exist, which means I won't be able to come
1: home, which is the back to the future paradox, which is if my parents don't meet, I'll never be born. And this is another thing that I was scratching my head during the theater. I'm like, how do you know that this is... I guess in if you're Barry and you you're in this time period you're thinking that everything has to happen exactly the way that it happens or else I don't exist. So he Correct. thinks that he's going to get he's going to get cuz he still thinks he was
0: successful in
1: saving his mom
0: without changing time. He just thinks he's stuck in the past. So he thinks he's in back to the future 1, but he's actually in back to the future 2. You like that? You like that explanation? To hear, did you like The Flash?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: End the podcast right there. It was yo to hear. Do you like the best? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, okay. So <laughs> Barry takes Lil' B to the CC little B. crime lab because that's where the accident occurs in the comics. It's where it occurs in flashpoints, where it occurs in this in this historical timeline. Barry, the night that he received his powers, was working in a crime lab overviewing some chemicals of some some form or another. And he opened the window because it was getting steamy in there with all the chemicals and lightning struck through the window, through the chemicals, gave him his speed powers. Barry's trying to recreate this with Little B. Little B's freaking out because he's like, wait a second. Lightning, as any normal person would, they're having a little bit of a kerfuffle. And then the little one through the window. Anyway, on time, goes through Barry into Little B and seems to give him his powers because he heals from it. It's very confusing for both of them as they're leaving the building as the security starts to arrive uh, they try to phase out of the building which i did skip over earlier i loved the phasing through the door sequence where you see the molecules move i think that was a cool display of the flashes powers so I, I did want to give that a shout out because they then try to phase out of the building and it does not work because our Barry no longer has powers which is fun it's a fun little twist yes and this is the funniest thing for me, which is he tries to do the yes. run. And it's just running around in the circle like a fucking jackass looking
1: like an <laughs> asshole. And I was like, this is great. This Very is funny. So funny. And the, the diegetic sound, it's just all the and music the drops. And it's like...
2: <laughs> I was like, this is
1: fucking awesome.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. And it shows Ezra Miller actually running, which clearly he does not. So unless it's running from Jeez. the cops. um so they're they eventually are able to sneak out past the guards and they get back to the apartment where Lil b is as you were saying really excited about his speed powers he does the speedy gonzalez to test everything out he runs around town and steals pizza from jamie lannister which like what a
1: crazy cameo did you notice that yeah um Does somebody put a reason as to why he's in this? Did you see that? They must be. He must be friends with the director
0: or something. I have to imagine.
1: Nikolai, It's Nikolai Colster Waldo, right? Correct. I'm going to look that up. Or he was in
0: like or he was in like Canada while they're filming it or something like that. But anyway, so so little bees running around and he is, you know, enjoying his speed powers, eating donuts, eating pizza, all this kind of stuff. But then his clothes start to burn off, he freaks out, and then he realizes that he's causing electrical surges, things are catching on fire, cars are crashing, and long story short, he causes a city-wide blackout. He is completely naked, uh, I think he grabs, what is it, like um, a hubcap or something like that, and then runs back to the apartment covering his dong, which like, you know, good thing that we didn't have to see any of that, you know.
1: Yeah, thank Christ. Um <laughs> Nikolai Calster Waldo and Andy Muschetti go way back. This is according to comicbookmovies.com. In fact, they helped one another get established in the movie business. Muschetti got uh, Andy Bischetti got his big Andy break Andy's Andy Sp- Andy's Andy Sp- <laughs> Andy Spaghetti got his big break in Hollywood with the twenty thirteen horror movie Mama, based on the short film which starred Nikolai Calster Waldo and Jessica Chastain. Uh yeah. So, there you so go. I think they're just buddies. Jamie
0: Lannister eating a pizza, gets his pizza stolen. I saw him immediately and I was like, what the fuck is Jamie Lannister doing? <laughs> I thought I was done with that guy. Anyway, <laughs> um, I love the scene when Barry gets back and he's talking to him about all the calorie intake and he's like eating the peanut butter and the, and the broccoli. And he's like, well, how'd you do that phasing thing? He's like, it takes a lot of time to practice. And then he just immediately phases through the floor. It lands in the old lady's apartment and then comes back up to the stairs immediately covering his dick with a pot. I thought that was fucking funny.
1: Yeah, that was a good good bit of comedy. But again, Barry slash Ezra just exposing themselves to other human beings, causing ruckus. It's not what you
0: want. It's not what you want.
1: It's really (laughs) shocking.
0: (laughs) Who, Who would be a better actor to take the flash role? If he's going to be falling through floors, exposing himself to people on accident, perfect. I have a perfect pick:
1: Tom Holland.
0: I was going to say Jason Segel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. He's a little old, but maybe back doesn't when, matter. Doesn't he's like it? the
0: Jay Garrick Flash, he's just old, just lovey.
1: That's hilarious. Me no, perfect. I still stand by. It. Jason Segel is the thing in Fantastic Four. God, give it to me right now.
0: Inject it into my. Put scrotum. That
1: right in my balls. Yeah keep going One <laughs> okay time.
0: so then barry uh barry's explaining to Lil b about the calorie intake and that he needs to really focus on his powers because it's dangerous having all of this and just running around causing electrical blackouts he needs friction suits that don't burn off that are made of rubber his took forever to make and then he had bad tech to help him out and then we look over and Lil b's passed the fuck out doesn't matter they wake up the next day they go to the park Barry is trying to explain how the flash ring works, which I thought this was really cool because in the comics, the flash ring is a really big thing, which is that Barry keeps the suit in a ring. However, he, he's always wearing it in scenes, and it's just like... like when do people figure out he's the Flash eventually because he's just like wearing a ring with a flash symbol on it. There's maybe not many of those. Big,
1: maybe he's just a big fan of the Flash. You, you've seen... Those, but be, like, bedazz- do you think everyone with a bedazzled Superman cell phone with like, their is iPhone 4S like the, is Superman? This is like the Taylor Swift era's Tour
0: friendship bracelets thing. Like, everyone's got one. You know what I
1: mean? Do you think Ezra Miller's favorite song is Anti Hero by
2: <laughs> 100%.
0: <laughs>
1: 100%. Heck
0: in my depression in. works the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah uh so while they're demoing the suit at the park um I, I thought that this scene was actually situationally which is that the suit pops out and like sucks up the molecules but he's supposed to step
1: into it before it hits the ground and it just like like <laughs> which is that sound effect wise is pretty funny well i thought it was one of my favorite visual gags of the movie too because it comes out of the ring and it's this tiny little suit and i was like is that bigger bigger how? And bigger and bigger. i was like is that how it works is that that's canon yeah, it's in the, it's in a ring and then it grows in size. That's the dumbest the flash shit I've ever is a green. Gr- <laughs> I laugh so hard. I was like, this is awful. <laughs> I was just laughing my ass off. It's I was DC like, comics, no way. Baby. He's got an Ant-Man suit. He's got a little Ant-Man suit.
0: Yeah, which is fine. It's way more logical than fucking Tobey Maguire keeping it in a trunk under his bed. That thing they looks stiff him. as a board. When he's oh in yeah, the in the
1: trunk, the trunk, the trunk under his bed. what if what about when he he's like, You tried to be someone do you who you are. And he's like looking at the two seasons I'm gonna watch Spider-Man 3 after this podcast. Okay, all right.
0: <laughs> at two o'clock. And you in the can't
1: morning. do anything to stop me.
0: <laughs> I would never stop you, my friend. I love you to death, and I would oh, never thanks. stop you. Anyway, while they're at the park demoing this suit, there's a commotion in town and they rush over to the local bar and they see that there is a newscast where the Kryptonian world engine is back. Yeah, you thought we were done with the world engine? Guess what?
1: We're fucking not done with the world engine. Never done. Are you okay? Yeah, I just got the 10 minute long, uh, the 10 minute timer before we need oh. to jump out and jump back on. So we're doing no okay. Problem. Keep, keep I it rolling. This. Keep yeah, it rolling, yeah. baby.
0: So this is We're just getting a redux of the Man of Steel moment. So Zod comes on the television, same speech they does in Man of Steel. Hello, I'm Zod. I'm looking for a Kryptonian that's being harbored on your planet. If you do not turn him over in X amount of hours, we will desecrate this planet, yada, yada, yada. Barry is talking a little bit at the bar about how he doesn't know how this is all happening again. And then he rehashes a moment that we have not seen before, which is that Apparently he got his powers and then spent the next couple of days just goofing around, and then went to Metropolis during the events of Man of Steel to try to help people. And then there's a scene where we see that he saves a kid, but is unable to save the kid's dad because the World Engine slams his dad into the ground like fucking just dunks, oh, yeah. him, dunks him into the ground. Did you like this scene with like the homemade suit and everything? I thought it was really interesting that they're trying to go back and continually recut people into the the World Engine sequence in Man of Steel.
1: Yeah, so I thought it was interesting. I did get like some Pablo lies or whatever. What the fucking the lost episode where they cut those dudes into the back. Pablo end? and Nikki. Pablo and Nikki. Yeah, I got I got that vibe during yeah. the scene. I was like yeah, I was yeah, like yeah. oh so this guy's just fucking here too. I guess everyone was here for the goddamn thing, and I thought that the kid's dad. I thought I dude for a moment. I thought we were gonna get fucking Wally in the movie, and I when thought I was Wally. gonna. Eat- I thought I was gonna hear it again.
2: You're the boss, boss.
1: I thought I was gonna hear it again on the big screen. I was like, I was like, I like I grabbed Emily's like arm a little tight and I was like, it's she's like, What's wrong? (laughs) It's happening. He's Wally, it's gonna be Wally. He's here. Yeah. But we learned that
0: Barry was only able to save that one kid before the world engine just completely continued to wreck everything, and then eventually Superman saved everybody by killing somebody. Um so they get back to the apartment and little B's roommates are all there, and there's this crazy scene where they're trying to figure out where they can find Superman because Superman's the only one that can stop Zod. Not only can they not find Superman, then they start to research the rest of the Justice League. There's this funny joke that they mentioned in all of this, too, where Barry's talking about um they're talking about Back to the Future, and in this reality, Eric Stoltz is back to the future, not Michael J. Fox, which is a funny little bit if you're a movie nerd. Which is that Eric Stoltz had the part, shot a lot of scenes, and then was recast by Michael J. Fox midway. And that production. footage doesn't exist, right? That footage oh, it does. It does it exist. Does. Okay. Yeah. It's bad. It's like a it's it's like <laughs> it's like a creepy psychological thriller almost. It's just like it's a very different vibe. He's just not not what you're looking for. But shout out to him. I love that the guy's got the Eric Stoltz tat on his fucking hamstring. You know what I mean?
1: I thought that shit was funny. Anyway, yeah, no, that was really funny because he's like, he's like, how would I know? He's, I I, I like this bit a lot. Like, I, I wanted to see more of this. Um, I wanted to see them fuck with like what's different about the universe more than just like, oh, Eric Stoltz is fucking Marty McFly in the universe. I was like, what else can we do with this except for this? I thought this was a funny bit. But well, he's what like, else they can do is they can make Batman a different person. I guess so. I guess so. And, and then no what they can't do. <laughs>
0: Anyway, mm. sorry, I could cut you off. What are, we, what are you saying? Be no, no, no,
1: I'm just looking at these screenshots of Eric Stoltz. And boy, well, I need I need terrible. your full attention
0: here, because while they are researching where the rest of the Justice League is. Uh, Barry Google's Arthur Curry's dad, Tom Curry, Lighthouse, Maine into Google. It gives a phone number for a local lighthouse operated in Amnesty Bay. He calls it and who should pick up? But tomorrow fucking Morrison reprising his role as Tom Curry. And Barry says, Barry says, is Arthur there? And he goes, you want to talk to my dog? And he's like, no, not your dog. I'm looking for your son. He's like, I got no kids. And he's like, he's like, but your wife is queen of Atlantis. And then he looks over and he's got this fucking schlubby wife watching TV. And he's like, definitely not.
3: <laughs> I thought yeah, this I
0: like
1: the, I like this bit
0: a lot. This is the funniest thing in the movie for me personally, <laughs> because Aquaman just tickles my fancy, as you know. I think that movie is a wild movie and I enjoyed doing pot on it with you. And this was the funniest thing for me,
2: for sure.
1: Yeah, I do really think that the 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 Queen of Atlantis bit is really funny. Like, oh, she's the isn't your wife, the Queen of Atlantis? I don't think so. He's <laughs> like, I, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. It's it's just a really great pan, too, because it's like she's just out of frame, but it like cuts over and then cuts right back. It's it's really, really, really funny. Really well done.
0: Yeah. Um, So then as they're researching more people, they look up Wonder Woman and the only search result they get is a person that does a Vegas stunt show. They look up Victor Stone and see that he's still a high school football player. So he's not anywhere close to being in the timeline where he would become cyborg. And then he's like, oh, man, I made a world where there's no metahumans. I can't believe we, we did this. Like, this is totally fucked. He's like, we got no Superman. We got no Wonder Woman. We got no Batman. And then people are like, oh, yeah, there's a Batman. And he's like, what? And they're like, yeah, no one knows who he is. He's been around for a long time. And this is when I was like, (laughs) let's get it. (laughs) And so Barry and Lil B uh, leave the apartment. He's like, we got to go to this cousin's dinner out of town. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. And they take a fucking taxi to Gotham. Sorry, I had to burp. I heard that. How much time do we got left? Five? Three minutes and 48 seconds. So they get to Wayne Manor. It looks a little different than the one from the Snyderverse. That should be noted. Though all the doors are open, which is immediately a sign that it's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, they work their way through the manor. There's nobody there. Barry's calling out for Bruce. They get into the kitchen and they see that there's a pot of water boiling on the stove. So they're like, clearly someone's here. They see one flip flop on the ground while they turn around to look at all the servants bells. A man crawls out of the cabinet behind them, sneaks his way across the table and just starts fucking going ape shit on their ass. Little B's speed abilities allow him to dodge pots and pans being thrown at him. But, Barry, our Barry, is getting his fucking ass beat down. He's just getting kicked in the face repeatedly by this person with extremely long hair and a, and a crazy beard. So, uh, you know, this fight's kind of like played for laughs, and then eventually, uh, this man dives across the table to catch them and misses Barry or Lil B entirely, and just slams into a table. Looks up, pulls the hair apart, and it's our guy, Mr. Michael Keaton himself, Zach. What do you think of seeing seeing the return in this moment of her guy?
1: So I'm going to say something that might trigger you. I'm going to say something I don't like that this
0: scene, if that's what you're going to say.
1: I don't like this scene either, but I'm going to say I was very concerned in this whole scene, <laughs> this first scene with 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 Keaton. I was like, yeah. somebody watched The Last Jedi and yep. didn't read the wiki. <laughs> yep. It's I very would- Luke. It is so Luke Skywalker throwing the lightsaber over his shoulder um, Mm -hmm. and just being like weird sucking tits and fucking drinking (laughs) milk or whatever. And I'm like, I was like, I is is this what they're going to use Keaton for? I can't believe this is how they're eventually it gets better. It gets better pretty quick. Uh, Yeah,
0: I would say within the next scene, it gets better. I mean, he's just like he looks crazy. He's only acting crazy
1: really in this fight. In my opinion, and then the spaghetti. He does the spaghetti talk. I think the spaghetti talk's fine. Okay, Wait, let me go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Okay. So after they're able to subdue him, we cut to immediately Michael Keaton just being like, "So let me get this straight," which is essentially a storyteller's way of saying, "I'm not rehashing this crazy thing to you again. I'm just going to give you the 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 bullet points," which is that. He's like, you're from a different timeline. You're here. And that's why he's also here. And you guys are looking for a person called Superman who is supposedly supposed to stop this Zod guy that's on the television. But what you don't understand with time travel and then Michael Keaton apparently has a Ph.D. in theoretical physics and explains with two strands of uncooked spaghetti that you can have parallel lines. I'm going to grab another highlighter here for you, Zachary. You are gonna have parallel lines until you mess with something and then it changes a little bit and creates a nexus point where one thing is the same, but not everything else around it, which would explain why in this timeline, Bruce Wayne is not Ben Affleck, it's Michael Keaton and why General Zod is here, but where there's no Superman taking him on, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. However, the nexus point for this universe is that General Zod has arrived to destroy the world. So what are they going to do about it? There you go. And then he dumps spaghetti on there, and little B's like, "What is the parmesan, me?" And he said, "I think it's just a garnish," which I thought, "Yeah, was funny I like too. I like that.
1: <laughs> I like that bit. I like that, that. I like that that little quirky quirky line or whatever." But here's the thing. Here's here's the thing. Here, this is a testament to the fact that Mike. My- so you were saying your main problem with this. But here's yeah. So my th- I like all this stuff. And here's what I'll say is this is a testament to Michael Keaton for being just a class act and a awesome actor and been in the game for a long, long, long time. That left the game, came back, left the game, came back, did whatever he did, left it, did a bit of it. He's the hey, he's Michael Keaton. He's delivering the same fucking speech that we've heard. What? Eight times over the last couple years, multiverse so of madness across the spider verse into looper. the spider verse, looper, um, everything everywhere all at once. Fucking, um, uh, 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 Loki, fucking everything. It's like the multiverse has been dominating pop culture movies for the better part of a couple years, and it's like the fact that Michael Keaton delivers the same line and I don't want to fucking claw my eyeballs out and gouge my ears out yeah i mean he's definitely
3: he's definitely a legend man
0: um so after this they they ask him if he will help them find superman he says i don't know any superman i don't know what you're talking about necessarily but no i'm not gonna help you and then he fucks off and Barry takes a little bee out to the to the grounds of Wayne Manor. He's like, fine, if this guy's not going to help us, we're going to at least use his bat shit. And they find the bat cave, which Barry's aware of, because remember, he went in the Justice League when he said, it's like a cave, like a bat cave, which is a terrible scene. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> you remember that one? Mem- remember? I remember that. I remember. I yeah. remember. And so they break into the bat cave and we get this really cool exploratory sequence of seeing Michael Keaton's bat cave 30 Dude. years later, which is just like it is a really cool set. It's like it's taking Beautiful. the 89 cave and enhancing it. It's got the it's got the rotating parking garage for the Batmobile. We later see where the Batwing is hanging up in the waterfall, which is just tight. Bat computer, the suits, all that kind of crazy shit. It's all over the place. Um, little Bee's looking around, Barry's using the computer to try to find where Clark Kent might have crashed on Earth. Or how they could locate him. Um, and I think they're just searching Clark Kent into the names, and there's like 80-something Clark Kent's or something like that in search. He's trying to narrow down the search. Um, there's a moment though where uh Lil B is kind of like being really spazzy and he's like running around all the place and stuff like that. And Barry snaps at him for not taking this shit seriously, essentially. And like he's just kind of like laying into him where he's like. You're funny because you're trying to use it as a defense mechanism, but nobody likes you, yada, 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 essentially explaining all of his own insecurities. And then he's like, fuck you, man, you're a dick. I didn't ask for any of this stuff. I'm just kind of like here to help you out. I didn't even know I was supposed to have powers until you came along. And then he kind of storms off while Barry does his own thing. Um, I think that seems interesting, but it could have been handled better if it was another actor playing themselves, which I wanted to ask you this question. Yeah, at eleven thirty at night on a Tuesday. What's your favorite versions of movies where one person is playing twins, essentially? Oh man,
1: prestige Norbit. number one. Um, prestige. Yeah, that's spoilers. Well, we
0: don't have to say who it is. I'm just saying prestige number one. It's <laughs> a good point. Yeah, I would say that that's a
1: pretty strong contender for number one. Lindsay Lohan um, and Parent Trap parent <laughs> job uh, <laughs> oh god I'm suddenly blanking movies where one person plays two people does Austin Powers count
0: Um, no because it's not two Austin Powers he's just yeah. playing every act he's playing every character I'm talking about where one actor is looking at another version of himself on screen but you know they're not twins in real life that's a great question. I'm like I'm very often. And this one is the worst installment. <laughs> yeah, anyway. it could be better. It could be better. It could be better. There's a couple moments where the CG doesn't translate where they tried to splice it in there and they kind of touch up his face a little bit. It looks kind of weird. But anyway, that's another CG part with the movie. So then we cut to um Lil Be asleep in the Bat mobile, which it was cool to see the 89 Batmobile. We're doing a full spoiler in review right now, but I was pissed that it never got to drive. I think yeah. it's a huge wasted opportunity. The Bat yeah, wing thing is, is really sick given what they needed for it, but I just want to see that thing drive around.
1: It's so cool, dude. The, this whole scene, I just love like him flipping on the computers and it's that old like 90s, 80s tech and like the zooms in and the, all the, the yeah. analog stuff and then yeah, it's just as cool as it is in the trailer when Barry like rips the cape off of the fucking Batmobile and you just see that fucking thing. I'm like, it's still the coolest Batmobile.
0: Oh, hands down the best Batmobile.
1: Easy. Yeah. Not easy. It's close. so fucking sick, dude. It's it's so fucking sick. Yeah. So then while Barry's on
0: the back computer researching where Clark might be, he sees a little like recording camera above him and letting know that the Zoom calls recording. And he knows that Batman is, is is looking at him. And he's like, I know you can hear me. He's like, I've been thinking about a little bit of what you said. And if there are nexus points, that means there have to be constants. And he holds up like a um, pen. And he's like, "Like you have a an Alfred. And my Batman has an Alfred as well. Which means that maybe there are constants. Maybe my mom's supposed to die. Maybe your parents are always supposed to die. And he's like, I apologize for your parents. I wish I could do something. But I need your help. And then we see Keaton hang up the Zoom call, turns around, slides a panel out of the way of his bookshelf, puts the button, and the bookshelf fades away. And we see all the sick oh, baby. Keaton suits. Woo! And we get the yeah. And it is fucking tight. To it's see tight. All those yeah, things, it, man. It's, I, it's I got fucking, fucking goosebumps. I was I was so excited. So they wake up. There's a cup of coffee waiting by Barry sitting at the back computer the next morning. And he sees that there's a file waiting next to the coffee cup. And Lil B comes over awake from the, the Batmobile. And they see that there was a ship that crashed in Siberia, not Kansas. And they're like, OK, guess we're going to Russia. I don't know how we get there. And they hear a large commotion. And wings starts to come out of the ceiling and get into launch mode which is just a really cool sequence that it's hanging like a bat and then comes down and it's facing the waterfall. And then we hear a you're going to need some help getting there. And they turn around and we get our first fucking hero shot of
1: Keaton walking up Woo. in the full
0: suit. And it is Man. fucking
1: hot. <laughs> hey, it's great. dude. He looks good. He shaved off that beard and like lickety fucking split. Do you think he shaved his grundle while he was doing the beard? He just like I'm still full. holding out hope
0: that Michelle Pfeiffer's in this universe. I think she helped do a little bit of manscaping. But.
1: Remember remember when you and I were predicting, we were like, oh, Jack Nicholson cameo, Michelle Pfeiffer cameo. No way.
0: There was a minor Jack Nicholson cameo in this, which is when Lil bees exploring the cave. He said, but there's a bag that laughs. And he has the little bag that yeah, was inside man. Jack's uh, coat when he falls off the fucking church at the end of in 89. But that's about it. But in a world where we get the end, like th- you should have just put everybody in there, you know what I mean. <laughs> but anyway, we'll get there in uh, probably like three hours. All right, here we go. <clears throat> so Barry, bats, and little bee, they're flying to Russia. They're going to this facility in Siberia. This sequence for me, that's coming up, is fucking tits. They drop down into this Siberian facility. Batman dispatches all of the guards. And they are looking for Superman who is apparently being held there. We get this really cool sequence where I think Keaton in this moment uses batarangs to the effect that I've always wished live action Batman's could use them, which is that he's like throwing it off of stuff into people and then like shooting the grapple gun around corners and like pulling people into stuff. I just think it's used really well. Um, They get to the central vault and they find that it's this large lead ball. They get inside and it's not Clark Kent in there, but it's a small, um, really like malnourished woman who has been kept in this dark room. But we do see a Superman type suit a la Man of Steel on the ground that has the House of El's insignia on it. I think it's really funny that Keaton's like, well, it's not him. Let's go. And he's just like ready to fuck off. Yeah,
2: I
1: did like I did like
2: that. It's like, like,
1: Yeah, yeah we got we got to fucking go.
0: Yeah. Ah, uh, Barry decides to save her, um, and they all escape except for Little B gets shot in the knee because he's a little bitch. Little B stands for Little Bitch. Uh, I thought the funny. I yeah. thought there was a funny moment where Keaton does like the 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 jump thing at the guy to like try to get him yes. to flinch,
1: and the guy yeah, pulls out the dude. gun
0: anyway. I thought that was hilarious. I
1: yeah. totally forgot about that. That this whole scene I think is hilarious. Like, yeah, yeah. the Keaton going like and like waving the cape, <laughs> and the guy just like stands there and what the fuck. Yeah, I thought that I thought all that was really, really funny. And I really did like little B getting shot through the knee, especially because it shows it. It's like a close up of the bullet going through his leg. Yeah, and he's like, sure. ah! and he starts screaming. He's like, I thought we were bullet immune. And he's like, why would you think that? Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I
0: thought, he's like, I didn't think bullets could hurt us. He's like, why would you assume that they didn't? What did you think of the bat cape being bulletproof? I just like that. He throws it up as a shield. I thought that was
1: tight. I mean, the visual is fucking cool. I don't I don't know. I has has the bat cape ever been bulletproof?
0: Yeah, it's been fireproof, bulletproof, whatever you want, man. Oh, well. Deus X capina. I guess so. So they're eventually able to escape topside. We get a funny moment where they're trying to blast an elevator up with some C4, and, and uh Keaton Batman asks each of them how much they weigh, which he asks Vicky Vale and Batman 89. So that was really great. Great callback. Uh they get launched up tops side just as the sun's coming up which is just in time because miss cara zorrel absorbs all that solar radiation just as they are cornered by the ruskies and she's in full battle mode and just absolutely annihilates these guys with the help of michael keaton which i think this scene is really cool um besides the two berries just kind of like fumbling around in the meantime <laughs> but i'm not a big fan of the what do we do Batman? We try not to die. I think that that was kind of a It's a weird still
1: a line. bad line. It's bad in the trailer, it's bad in the movie. I, I I don't like that line. We try not to die. It's like could you have had him say literally anything else? Yeah. Um the thing the thing about this scene that I will say is that yeah, this was the scene that I most liked Supergirl. I didn't really like her utilization later on in the movie, but in this scene, I thought it was really cool that she's just like fucking going She's going omni man on these motherfucking soldiers. She's like, I don't give a shit. She's like, she she punches people and they go flying 75. Yeah, she's feet like throwing into the them
0: ice. into like fucking
1: China. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I I I loved all this. I thought this was really cool.
0: Um, so eventually they're able to dispatch everybody and then they take her back to Gotham because she passes out. When she wakes up, there's still Zod news on the television. And she's kind of like, Who are you? Where am I? They explained that they were looking for Clark. She's like, I don't know who Clark is. And then Barry's like, sorry, kal And she explains that she's Kara Zor-El, uh, kal older cousin. She was charged with keeping him safe as they both fled the destructed Krypton. And in their wake, apparently Zod has been looking for for him or her. She's not entirely sure. Um, but she is Kryptonian. Uh, she knows the House of El and everything. And she's still a little weak. So they ask Lil B to take her up on the roof where she absorbs some solar radiation and then is like, fuck humans. They kept me in a cage for like years. And then she flies off. So Barry's next decision is like, okay, well, we don't have Supergirl. We do have to stop sod. Otherwise, this world is doomed. So I need to regain my powers. So I'm going to do the only thing that I can think of, which is I'm going to restage my accident. So this is straight out of the Flashpoint comic, which I think is really cool. He is designing a chair that's going to get struck by lightning and douse him in chemicals at the same time and give him his powers in the same way that we saw earlier in the movie. Michael Keaton comes up and checks out the plans and he's like, this is a crazy idea. And then I think this scene between him and Ezra Miller is really good where he's like, let me get this straight. You could go to any time whenever you want and you're choosing to stay in world and, and, and do what? And he's like, well, this is my mistake. I need to fix it. And he's like, He's like, all right, well, you want some help killing yourself, essentially, is what he says, which I think is really funny. I think the line is more of like, so you want me to douse you in chemicals and get struck by lightning? You want some help? And I think uh, only the Keaton Batman is zany enough to really to to deliver something like that. Yeah. Uh, and in this sequence, Little B is eating a snack underneath the scaffolding and hears that the whole reason that Barry is here is that their
1: mom is destined to die. I hate this, by the way. Just hate yep. this. I just hate this writing trope of we've th- we're officially we're past this point. We're way past this point as a uh, film goers in the, uh, in the United States. You don't have someone hear what you're talking about because it's convenient for them to do. So they're hiding yeah. under a stairwell, bold choice, bad, bad, bad choice. Yeah. <clears throat> so they staged the experiment.
0: Uh, there's a giant bat kite hanging out of the bat cave. That's supposed to collect the lightning, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> And uh, (laughs) he gets struck by lightning, but it's unsuccessful the first time and Barry is dying. While this is happening, Kara flies to the Mojave Desert, where we saw in Man of Steel that they originally surrendered Kal-El to the Kryptonians. They took him back to the ship and there's that whole sequence in the second act of Man of Steel. This time around, they don't have anybody to turn over. So then Zod just starts murdering all of the army, which I think is like pretty on brand for our guy. Oh,
1: yeah. Big time
0: um so she sees that all this craziness is happening and then decides that she's having a change of heart so she goes back and she finds barry there with keaton and uh little b picks him up flies him up into the storm and then gets him struck by lightning up there he's then able to start healing and regain his powers and we have two flashes and so little b is constructing his own flash suit by taking a rubber um a rubber Batman suit from Batman 89 that Keaton was originally going to get buried to protect him from the lightning. And uh, he like cuts off the ears and spray paints it and makes this like homemade flash suit, And it's just ridiculous. Uh, It looks, it looks crazy.
1: (laughs) It looks terrible, but I
0: kind of like the
2: idea.
1: I like the idea of like, Oh, it's like I worked with what I had. And I do think this is another big laugh in our theater was like all the spray paint or whatever. And it's like very predictable what's going to happen next. But then it's like him sawing through the bat ears. It's like,
2: yeah. and it
1: goes on for such a long time that it, it it, it brought my T it brought my theater out. Everyone.
0: Liked yeah, it was, it. I thought it was pretty funny. It's supposed to be intentionally awful. Um, they then reform their own version of a Justice League. Kara agrees to help them defeat Zod, and they group up, and they're going to go fight in the Mojave Desert. And then we get to the third act, which I think you and I should be able to get through rather quickly. Woo! Uh, but give me, keep me Holy honest on that time stamp there, buddy.
1: What's up? Can't see the time. Can't see the time. There's no time. Okay. It <laughs> doesn't <know>. dis- <laughs> It doesn't display it what time we have you. left until we have 10 minutes left because Zoom Perfect. is uh Zoom can take this and put it up that. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're but they're better than Skype. So. Way better than Skype. Bill just Gates get, just Bill give me Gates. one
0: give me one of these when it pops up and one of these when it pops up if you can.
1: Okay.
0: I can Got do it. That. All right. So <laughs> in the battle their grand strategy is that the two berries are going to fight on the ground. Kara's is going to fight Zod and Batman's going to stay in the Batwing and fight everybody in the air. Barry's training will be how to use the speed of force to fight people. It's kind of I think this action sequence is terrible. Why do you have a Costco?
1: card? I don't know. I just held it up.
0: Zach's tanked. We're not <laughs> even done. I've got a
1: Costco card. No, 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 no. Barry's doing something. Barry's doing something. Tell me about it.
0: I, there's not much really fun to say besides the fact that Barry's teaching Little B like how to use the Speed Force to fight people, essentially. But he's like Kryptonians are also really fast, so like you're gonna have to adapt for that. Uh, the Batwing is doing cool Batwing shit. It's gyroscopic in this movie, which is pretty cool that the cockpit it is pretty can cool. stay stationary or not. Um, he's just shooting stuff in the sky, and then Kara goes and faces Zod immediately. They have this showdown where we get uh michael shannon's only really new forms of dialogue in the movie which is when she inquires where kal is and he says that they found the baby kal and that his rocket got blown off course and that they looked for the codex inside of him remember the codex sack it's in the blood it's got the blood I sure the do uh and they killed the baby and she is pissed so then they start fighting And then things start to go south a little bit here. The Flashes are doing pretty well. They're finally gaining steam. There's a needle drop that I couldn't recognize. And then Kara is slapping Zod into a helicopter. And then when she's not looking, he pops a little Green Goblin knife out and stabs her through it with Kryptonian tech. You can pierce that Kryptonian skin. And then they drop this, this device on her that extracts the codex. I thought this was cool for one reason. We never got to see how they were intentionally going to extract the codex in Man of Steel. So it's cool to see that in this as like an alternate history kind of. Yeah, it's a good point. That's a good point. But I hate the narrative that Supergirl isn't good enough to beat Zod, and only a man can do it. I think that sucks.
1: (laughs) So, yeah. Um, this this whole I mean, again, like I said, at the top of the hour, this ending sequence with like the battle in the desert and and all the resolution here, I think just really does a bad job in terms of like souring my taste on the movie because I don't like hardly any of this. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's all pretty rough.
0: While this is happening, Batman's um, eject seat gets uh, jammed by a giant man jumping onto his plane and wrecking it. And uh, his go-to decision is to do what they do in Man of Steel, which is to try to fly a plane into the Kryptonian ship, but they don't know that it's shielded, so he just runs into a shield on impact and dies. Shocking moment for me at the time, at least, that they were just going to do away with him so easily. Then we see Barry and Little B being like, holy shit, this is going terribly and Lil' B is like, well, let's just run back in time and fix it. And then they just go back in time and they're both like, do you know what you're going to change this time around? All right, cool. Split up. Let's search for clues. Little B goes to help fight Kara, fight Zod, using like tornadoes and shit. And Barry goes and just tells Batman to not attack the ray-shielded ship. And he peels off and starts shooting at a uh, the Kryptonian giant. Kara still, unfortunately, loses to Zod, gets stabbed again. And Lil B is like, well, fuck, what the hell is going on here? And Keaton is able to successfully get out of the Batwing. And this scene of action I liked, which is him all over that Kryptonian guy, just like planting bombs on him and just yes. and owning yeah, this that dude awesome. is just tight. Uh, but unfortunately, it <gasps> is too much for one human to bear. Yeah, it's too much for one human to bear. And he, he succumbs to his wounds. And Barry comes over and he's like, "I'm not going to be able to save you, am I?" And we see that our Barry is realizing that maybe this is one of those points, this nexus point that they cannot change. And Bruce gives this really cool line that I like, where he says, "You already did, kid." And uh, he dies again. And I was, I didn't, I wasn't moved to tears or anything like that, but I was just like, man this is a really sad way to see our guy go out (laughs) well like huge huge bummer but i think emotionally resonant between this guy and and barry
1: well it works for what he needs to do for the motivation for what comes next but at the very first time when keaton does that he's like i'm going after the big one and then he dive bombs it and just explodes in the flames i was like that's how we're killing him you should have seen the look on my fucking face so then it was like when they brought him back i was like oh okay so then No harm, no foul, right? He'll be good for the here on out. But then they decide to kill him again. I was like, what are you doing to my heart? I
0: know, seriously. Uh, Well, Little B decides, well, we'll just go back and keep trying. So he runs back in time through the chronosphere, Barry following. They get back there and Barry is pleading with him that this is something that cannot change. And then we see a sequence of events with terrible CGI where we see Kara Zor-El getting killed by Zod over and over and over and over again. And Barry's pleading with little B, hey, this is, this is not going to change. This is something that just has to happen. Um, uh, sorry, hold on a second. But then Barry admits to little B, I think in this moment, that there's no way that they can stop their mom from dying and that this is ultimately what this is rooting from. And so he's like, okay, well, I don't believe that. And this is when the dark flash comes out of fucking nowhere. Zach's falling asleep. I'm losing him. He's no, fucking I'm he's snoozing. My, I'm
1: scratching my arm.
0: You just fell asleep like two seconds ago. No, no, no.
1: I'm scratching my arm. <laughs> I if saw Maybe I close my eyes for a moment of bliss. I would close my eyes, but I'm good. I'm good. For a moment of bliss. What did I say? That was blissful. And I'm not going to scratch myself anymore. I'm just going to no, do this below can, the table. No, you
0: can scratch yourself. It's fine. It's you fine. don't know
1: what I'm doing down here. You don't know if I've got pants on or not. You jerking your dick here? Tell me about Keaton. Tell me what he's doing.
0: Um, But Barry tells little B that this earth is condemned to being defeated by Zod in the same way that every multiverse has its own destiny all around them in the speed force. They see other worlds that are starting to crash into each other. And this is where shit starts to get crazy. So the first universe that we see is a black and white universe from the 1950s with the George Reeves Superman and a 1950s generic Jay Garrick flash with the, uh, the copper, the copper bowl helmet running through the speed force. We should say, while this is happening, these are all the same CG animation that we've seen in the Speed Force. So it's like the worst version of Uncanny Valley versions of these people, like worse than Leia and Rogue One, worse than like anything Way worse. like that. Way then worse. The other, so then the other universe that we see that I liked, but in theory, but didn't like the delivery is Christopher Reeve's Superman with the Helen Slater, Supergirl from the 80s. It was cool to see them, but again, they're like creepy CGI like ghosts. Adam West Batman is there for a little bit. And then also the ultimate reality of something that we never got to see into fruition, which is Nick Cage's Superman from the 90s when Tim Burton was supposed to direct a movie called Superman Lives, which featured Nick Cage fighting off a giant spider that was set forth by Brainiac. And this is prolonged for a little bit. He's got the 90s mullet. He's fighting spiders. It's wild. Here's Dude, the thing. This scene is crazy. It's crazy. And it could have been really cool. Oh, sure. Could have been. If they were real people. <laughs> if they were real people, I think I would have been way more on board. In well, theory, yeah, absolutely. I like how they're telling it. Like This seems like something they do in comics all the time with multiversal storytelling. But having these like weird PS2 CG renditions of stuff, it's just a very strange choice. And it saves them money by not having to pay any of these people. Kind of. I mean, they probably still had to pay likeness rights at least. Yeah, right? absolutely. Like no speaking rights. lines or anything like that. They're all just like ominously like staring into the abyss at
1: other universes, including Christopher Reeve, which was which was weird. So I thought it was downright disrespectful. I mean, I'm just going to say it right out the gate. I, I I don't know if the families were compensated for stuff like this, but with like Christopher Reeve and who knows if Nicolas Cage was, I mean, I'm sure he had to give some kind of likeness rights or whatever, but that's for a movie that he was never fucking in. Like of all
0: the universes that they showed in this scene, Nick Cage is the only actor that is
1: still alive. It's crazy. Like besides Helen Slater, obviously, but I just I I thought that this was gobbledygook. I I I hated all of it. <laughs> I did pop for the Nick Cage Superman thing, but just because I'm like, "Oh, that's a fun that movie's never going to get made. So if you're going to reference it in some way or shape or form, I guess this is kind of an interesting way to reference it." Yeah. We almost got Nick Cage Superman in the Strange Adventures
0: HBO Max series that got canned by Zasloff. Remember Kevin Smith was going to do that bizarro story? Uh, anyway. That sounds familiar. Yeah, we talked about it on the pod. You can go check that out when we talked about the, the Zasloff cuts. Um, while this is happening, the dark flash that we saw earlier emerges to stop Barry from going back to allow their mom to die. And it's revealed that Little B is actually the one who eventually becomes the Dark Flash um, in a currently like decade long search to stop their mom from dying in the multiverse at the cost of any other other universe. Little B sacrifices himself to save Barry and a time paradox evaporates the Dark Flash. Uh, The universes are then set right and Barry returns to the store to remove the can from his mom's cart. There's an emo- emotional scene where he pretends to be a random stranger because this is back when Barry was a kid. So she doesn't really know what he looks like. It's kind of like the Marty McFly dating his mom kind of situation is how the vibes that I got.
1: She absolutely <laughs> knows it's Barry. She does. I think she so too. absolutely knows that that is Barry. She looks she's like, uh, the future has been kind to you, unkind to you, my son or whatever. It's she gives him. <laughs> She She's just the whole fucking Freya she, thing from Thor. The her future's
0: or. been unkind to you, my son. Yeah. She's not Marlon Brando
1: and fucking <laughs> Superman. My son. Oh, the future's been kind to Kryptin. you, my son. We had to save Krypton. I've been working on my Branda. Uh, how's that? I liked it a lot. John, uh, Barry. <laughs> you got to tell us the plot and get this fucking show to. I got to I got to jerk it before I go to bed. We're almost there. We're almost there. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. That was Brando talking, John. That was Brando.
0: Brando. Get out of here, you crazy perv.
1: Scam. Scram. Get out of here.
0: (laughs) Uh, Barry has an emotional farewell with his mom. And then while he is at the supermarket, decides to make one small change, which is to move the cans that his dad was supposed to get to the top shelf so that he looks up for them and is caught on the security camera as an alibi. At the court hearing back in the present day, his dad is deemed not guilty and it is a landmark case where his dad will be set free and a happy Barry walks out of the courtroom and rekindles with Iris and and agrees to take her out on a date, get some food. He's ultimately happy. He didn't change too much, just enough to make his life a little bit happier while still not causing the multiverse to destroy, thinking that he didn't mess up any nexus events. He calls Bruce Wayne, lets him know that things were successful. Bruce says, all right, cool. I'm pulling up right now. We should discuss. Did you further. notice
1: something was off from the phone call? I was like, something's I was like, something's going to happen. I was like, what What are they doing with this? How is this going to change? Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was like, is it going to be J-Lo that gets out of the fucking Batmobile? I was like, what's going to I happen thought here? it was
0: going to be bail. Yeah, but what we get is Bruce Wayne pulls up in this sick Audi Audi or whatever. It's a cool car.
1: It's a very cool car.
0: We see a sleek shoe step out of the car and a man in a blue navy blue suit steps out, walks in a frame. Somebody passes in front of him. And then we see
1: Bruce Wayne is here to say hi to Barry, played by George Clooney.
2: Holy
1: (laughs) fucking shit. Lock up your daughters. Lock up your mothers, baby. What a handsome guy. Still looks fantastic. He's like, hey, Barry, how you doing? He's like, hey, Barry. (laughs)
0: And Barry says, logically, what the rest of us were thinking. Who the fuck is this guy? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which I think is a great bomb in a PG-13 movie. Yeah. Uh, And he says, you're not Batman. And Clooney gives this look of like, dude, come on. What the fuck? Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, of course, I'm Batman. (laughs) Of course, I'm fucking Batman. And it cuts to black. This is where the movie ends. Yeah, it's crazy. Which is a crazy, like, comedy ending. But, like, in terms of a movie with multiversal implications, which we need to discuss about on this podcast after I talk about the post credit scene. I don't know where the
1: fuck we are, man. (laughs) We're nowhere and everywhere all at the same time. What? (laughs) Aliens. That being
0: said, in terms of, in terms of comedic, uh, comedic timing, hilarious.
1: Yeah, it's a great, it's a great bit to end your movie on. You've got, George Clooney for an afternoon. He's like, you're going to pay me, you know, $15,000 and, you know, make sure to count my lunch. And they're like, what are we going to do? We put him in a suit, make him be Bruce Wayne. Cool. People freak out that know, but people that don't know, Emily did not know. That he was Batman?
2: Really? She,
1: so we're talking at dinner and she gave me, she was like, she was like, I just thought it was interesting. Like, she's like, you know, why pick George Clooney or whatever? It's just like you know. It seems like a weird way to end the movie. I was like, "Well, he was Batman." She's like, "He was Batman." I was like, "Yeah." Have you ever se- have you ever seen Batman and Robin? And she was like, "No." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> are you going to show it to her?" I have to.
2: It's <laughs> 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 my burden to bear.
0: I think this movie was shot at least three times, potentially more. Well, or this scene, sorry. I think this scene was shot with Affleck, Keaton, Clooney, potentially Pattinson and maybe yeah. even bail if they were able to get him. And then they picked the one that they thought would work totally the best.
1: Yeah. So the rumors were Se- uh, t- seven minutes. Sorry. You're good. 10, nine, eight, seven, seven. Yeah. Um, good. We're going to have to end it after the plot summary. That's fine. That's fine. fine. The rumor is that this was the most recent reshoot because apparently I wasn't paying too close of attention, but apparently Ezra is like real caked up in makeup in this scene. And uh, so people that have seen it a second time or whatever have been like seeing the scene. They're like, Oh yeah, this is clearly the most recent reshoot of the movie. So yeah, I think this is like a last minute Hail Mary. I wonder if that, before they knew that the DCEU was going to be blown up or whatever they were going to do, that this had I think some... it was going to be Keaton. I think. And he's like, I'm working with someone named Babs Gordon. Yeah, you know about Babs Gordon?
0: <laughs> you want to get nuts? Um, yeah, I think it's really funny, but it is ultimately confounding in terms of where we leave everything. However, as a Batman movie fan, it's great. Give him a small little bite at the apple again. He looks handsome. He's fantastic. I would still see Clooney portray Batman in some type of multiversal movie again or something. Then we get to the post credit stinger. And Barry is walking home to his apartment with a very intoxicated Arthur Curry. He is in the timeline, at least we believe currently, he's in the timeline that he is at the end of the movie with George Clooney. However... He's explaining to Arthur that every universe that he went to, there's always a Bruce Wayne, but that he looks different, but that each Arthur Curry looks the exact same as Momoa, which is interesting. Momoa then drunkenly passes out in a puddle and asks that he could sleep in the water where he feels most comfortable, and Barry leaves him there and goes back to his apartment. Uh, it's just kind of like a weird, funny scene, but I felt that this was also a reshoot. I think this post credit scene... Is James Gunn signaling to people that he is only targeting Momoa to continue to play Aquaman, which is why I think Aquaman The Lost Kingdom is in the DCU? Because if there is a multiverse and every Aquaman looks like Momoa, then the DCU's Momoa, Aquaman, and the DCEU's Momoa, Aquaman could be two different people. In so the same way that each Flash so far has looked like
1: Ezra Miller. I have a different interpretation. Okay, hit hit me with it. As long as we don't run out of time. We won't run out of time. We got five minutes. Ezra Miller is talking to uh, Arthur and he's like, so what was I like in the other universe? And he was like, oh, you were really friendly or something like that. He's like, he doesn't he say something like that. Yeah, but it's still him. He says it's still you. Yeah, I think he's talking about the dog. Oh, you think it's a bit? It's a callback. It's bit? a bit. I think it's a comedy bit because he's like, we are talking about your son or whatever. He's like my dog or whatever, and he's like, he's like, oh, you were funny and friendly and very loyal. He says something like that. There's
0: no way he says very loyal.
1: He's, he says loyal. He says something. It's a bit. I think. It, I think it's a bit. I don't think it's anything more than a fucking bit to end this stupid ass fucking franchise with the fucking goddamn fucking joke. Jesus. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. He's drunk. Sorry.
0: Right? Sorry. Sorry. It's sorry. Okay. Sorry. I apologize.
1: I think that was. I think it was a bit. I don't think it was anything more than that. I don't think it was like a James Gunn giving us a signifier. I think it was just like, oh, we're supposed to laugh at this ending sequence because it's a funny bit. Because remember, in the beginning of the movie, when Arthur was a dog, <laughs> that's a funny story, Mark. So here's what here's what
0: IGN has to say. Not that I trust IGN everywhere. Well, they reviewed Indiana Jones and gave it a A four, uh, which is the Barry we've been following is essentially now also leaving room to even recast Ezra Miller. If many different actors playing Batman and Superman can all exist and make sense in one context, why not the flash too? It would require another timeline divergence, but the bell has clearly been rung now. At the same time, we know that actors will remain the same like Viola Davis's Amanda Waller and the Suicide Squad slash Peachmaker crew as Barry tells Arthur. Some people look the same in every timeline or universe. I think that that to me is a signal that Momoa is
1: coming back as Aquaman. And that is the one one of the actors that's making the jump. If so, how Affleck? I know we have two minutes and 20 seconds left till we have to break. But how in the flying fuck do you envision them? acknowledging that with aquaman 2 do you even think that they acknowledge it do you think they just I don't think they right
0: acknowledge there? it at all because the first aquaman had no other mention of the dceu at all there's no other character in it i think they just sweep it under the rug and they're just like hey here's aquaman but, and his brother but wouldn't Black you Manta.
1: assume that they want to connect aquaman 2 to something else in the universe yeah but well They will connect it
0: to the first Aquaman, and I think they will essentially be pulling that into the fold as well because the first Aquaman also does not have any DCEU implications whatsoever. And then... It does have Willem Dafoe and Amber Heard who are both in the Justice League. Again, multiple universes can have people the same but that are not the same. And in the Snyder Cut, they are definitely not the same. They're talking in bubbles. So there you go. And Amber Heard doesn't have a British accent. Exactly. So, I mean, it kind of writes itself at this point. (laughs) So Anyway, that is the plot of The Flash. Jesus Christ, I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, is that the that's the post credits? There's no what? That's it. So it's just that. And then the movie ends. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Zach's clapping for me. You just can't hear it.
1: <laughs> no, they can hear it. They can hear it. They can we hear got it. less
0: than a minute. I think we're gonna take a quick break here and yeah, then yeah, we'll yeah. be back to close up the pod. All right, perfect. You see, Cal just got out. What'd you say? Cal just got out of the movie.
1: Oh no shit. I didn't see
0: his text. Should I call him?
1: Yeah, you should. I'm gonna call him. We're recording right now, by the way. So you we just finished the plot synopsis, right? Yep. Cool. So right now, John is calling Uncle Cal. He just got out of the Flash, and we're calling him, and we're gonna get a live reaction from the as biggest Ezra Miller fan.
2: Forwarded to an automatic voice message <laughs> Nope.
1: <laughs> His phone's off.
0: <laughs> we'll check back in here in a minute. Uh in the meantime, as normally with our DCEU and reviews, we got our three questions, my friend.
1: Three questions.
0: But before we do that, I genuinely want to know from you, what is the future implications of the DCU after this movie, in your opinion?
1: Well, I mean, we've talked about it quite a bit with like the whole Superman, the Superman legacy stuff and, you know,
2: uh,
1: all the casting rumors and everything that they've kind of like James Gunn's been talking about on social media. Like, I really don't know, you know, I'm so curious to see that first trailer for Superman legacy and see what the tone is like, because no. I just want to know they're definitely it's, not going for this. It's, it's going to have be- some
0: Bruce Springsteen. You know what I mean? It's just going to be a corn fed kid in Kansas with the oh, boss music. Man. You
1: know what I mean? Dude, if it was born to run.
2: That'd
1: be sick. Writes itself, but it's it's a uh, it's a uh, it's still fucking Kevin Costner as as Pa Kent, and he's like, "You'll give hey. the people of Earth an ideal to strive towards." If that's the one, the one actor that makes the jump, I'm fine with it. How about Matthew McConaughey as Pa Kent? I think that'd be good too. They will stumble, they will fall, but in time they will join you in the sun. <laughs> and then I went back around. And I Pablo doing that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Dropped him dead. Dropped him dead on the spot. What do you yeah. think? I mean, I mean, I'm not. I'm. You're the resident DC fanboy here. Between the two of us, like, I, I, I honestly like. I'm hoping that oh, they wait. go in. A... Here we go. Oh, here he is. Here he is, everybody. Yo,
3: fucking
2: Nick Cage, baby! <laughs> Holy shit! cal
0: you're live on radiovania right now we're talking about the flash that was the perfect intro what'd you think
3: i really enjoyed it
0: yeah tell tell us more what did you like about it did you dislike anything etc um let's see
3: i like the callbacks i like the i like that they they Flashpoint, the comics, like that whole thing with like, I know it wasn't Superman, but they did a really good job with that of like
0: the Flashpoint homage. Yeah.
3: Uh, but I, I actually like Flashpoint better where Superman just bails. Right. He's like, fuck this. I'm free. <laughs> and leaves.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree.
3: Um, but yeah. And then the Nick Cage thing with the giant spider. And if you don't know that story, like I had to explain it to my friend that was with me, like, yeah, all right. That that was
0: so good. This is a good Kevin and Smith then, uh, podcast about that for sure. Yeah, and then uh, the Clooney thing was amazing. <laughs> we were just talking about that. Wait, what did you think of? Uh, what did you think of Keaton? Uh,
3: he, he killed it, man. He crushed it. He was Keaton.
0: He's amazing. Can you ask yeah, him how full I mean, cool his theater was after it, uh, this? It. I
3: brought a little tear to my eye. The whole thing with his mom at the end. I got. I mean, you told me I was going to
0: get weepy at Guardians Three, but I got more weepy at this movie. Wow! Interesting. Okay. Um, Zach wants to know
1: what did you? What was the question again, Zach? How many people were in your theater? I wanted to know how full the theater was and how, like, were people like laughing and reacting?
0: Yeah. What was the audience reaction like? Was it like were they laughing along? Was it kind of quiet or?
3: It was kind of quiet. I laughed a lot. I felt like I was the loud one in the
0: theater. Did you (laughs) like Ezra Miller in this movie? Yeah, I thought he did good. Yeah? Did you like having two of them? (laughs) I didn't like the younger Ezra Miller character. Sure, sure.
3: As I refer to him, as like R-Flash versus the fake one. I don't know. It was... uh. Yeah. That was a little annoying. There were some good parts that made me laugh. Um, I wasn't really convinced with the Iris West character
0: that was in there, to or Iris, whatever. Yeah, not at all.
3: Yeah, that that there didn't seem to be any chemistry whatsoever between them.
1: Yeah, and I just what he thought about Barry's mom. That
3: Netflix show Dracula. So I just seen her as this like party girl character, and
0: okay yeah what what'd you think of barry's hot mom oh she's great yeah that's yeah. where i
3: got that's where i got all crying man when the, the grocery store at the
2: end
0: yeah the grocery store at the oh. end is pretty emotional yep yeah did you um what'd you think of seeing the one true superman christopher reeve again i mean we got Chris christopher reeve we got uh what's
3: his name um uh the original Superman, Black and White was in there. George... Adam West was in there. Yeah,
0: George Reeve. Did you like? Did you have any problems with that CGI?
3: Oh, I mean, some of it was awful, right? Like, the whole, like, um, Speed Force Bowl or whatever they called it.
2: <laughs> yeah. That,
3: that was awful. Like, the effects in there, I was like, come on, really? This is what you're throwing at me? Yeah. It was so bad. It was almost as bad as Justice League the original effects in justice
2: League the upper lip
0: yeah 100 like
3: like what steppenwolf was just like so bad it was like this character's not even believable
0: <laughs> yeah um my only other question is what'd you think of our boys uh cold open with affleck and actually getting to do real batman shit
3: uh, it was great the only thing that i was upset about is that the uh The bike didn't do the tumbler tires sideways.
0: Oh, yeah. The The hard turn with the tumbler stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I was just like, oh, man, why did they? They made him skid? That's
2: not real.
0: (laughs) Zach and I were saying, though, that this this seems like the opening of a really good Ben Affleck solo Batman movie. And we're just really disappointed that we might never get that. Yeah,
3: no, I mean, he he did good. I did not like the Batman suit he was wearing,
0: though. Oh, see, I thought it was great. I love the blue cape. Well, yeah, but the,
3: the plates all over his chest just look
0: weird. Yeah. I mean, he's riding a bike. It's probably just like chest pads for falling off a motorcycle. I'm not wearing hockey pads. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: did
0: you did you think at the end that it was going to be Clooney or did you think it was going to be Keaton or somebody else?
3: Um. Yeah, I did not expect
0: Clooney, okay. definitely. I don't think any um, of us did.
3: When he said I'm pulling up, though, I mean it was like it's
0: not gonna be Affleck, no.
3: Right? And then I was like, God, how great would it have
0: been if Val Kilmer had stepped out of that fucking car? I'm sure if he awesome. wasn't under the current predicament that he would that that would have been cool. I think if yeah. they, I think if they had their choice, it would have been Bale. Oh really? He's the most recognizable Batman, I think, yeah. besides Michael Keaton. So you know, tell him I, what I was telling him of
3: what's his name uh,
0: Robert And that's what I thought yeah I don't think the, I don't think any of the RPAT stuff is anywhere close to this shit um,
1: they don't want to touch that shit
0: <laughs> Zach saw this with Emily and Emily did not know that George Clooney ever played Batman so she didn't understand why he was at the end and thought it was just like an interesting choice that they cast George Clooney as a Bruce Wayne <laughs> and Zach had to explain to her that Batman and Robin exists
3: <laughs> wow because
0: Clooney only got one movie. so Yeah, you know. Clooney and Kilmer each had one. Keaton but that was his two. breakout role. Yeah. Uh, the crazy thing is, we were talking about this earlier on the podcast. Affleck, with this movie, has set the appearance as the actor who has played Bruce Wayne Batman on screen the most amount of times, which is four movies. However, wow. he has never been the lead of any of those movies besides BBS. Wow. Isn't that crazy?
3: That is crazy. And I was thinking about it too, like Keaton was in Bad Girl, right?
0: Yes, which they scrapped. So, so <laughs> Keaton
3: would have had four.
0: They would have been tied, yeah. Yeah. However... Have, oh, sorry, go uh, ahead.
3: No, no, I was just going to say, yeah, that would have been really cool if Keaton, if that movie ever saw the light of day. And I have to say that we saw the Blue Beetle trailer at the beginning of... Uh, oh, God the beginning of this movie and Aaron who was with me said, and we won't,
0: and we're never going to see Batgirl and we're getting this shit. And yeah. I was like, "Uh huh, exactly. Yeah. I think that's the general consensus around the horn. Um Well, I think we're about to wrap up our pod here, but do you have any other closing thoughts on the movie? And then I'll, uh, I'll call you back at another time.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No, I was, I was happy with it. No, I enjoyed it. There were a couple, like I, Threw my hands up in the air a couple times, especially like with Nick Cage and you know, Christopher Reeve, and even like a lot of the characters in there that the flashback stuff. I was just like, This is so cool! Yeah,
0: so I yeah. was happy with it. Well, I'm glad you had a good time, man. Uh,
3: sorry about all the fan service, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> i
2: know you hate that shit so yeah. <laughs> no i you can't just defend now te- because
0: tell cal, right tell, cal
1: headphones. On. tell cal i was just i was i, I like the movie it, but kids. i was concerned with them using like the likeness of Hold like on, reeves and stuff
0: he says okay. that he he liked the the sentiment but that he was concerned about using the likeness of people that are already dead like christopher reeve george reeves etc which you know, Adam West also falls in that category. Nick Cage is the only one that's still alive, to my knowledge, besides Helen Slater. But
3: yeah, I mean, and, and I also was like, why didn't we get like uh, Smallville and some of those? That's
0: the one I time. was wondering. I was shocked. I thought about that too. Tom yeah. Welling, yeah, or at least no Tom
3: Welling.
0: Rosenbaum, no. yeah, no Brandon what Ralph about- as Superman.
3: Yeah. What about um uh, the guy from Lois and Clark, right?
0: Dean Cain.
3: Dean Cain played Superman for a long time. Dean Kane,
0: sexy ass Superman, man. He's a good looking dude. It's like AC Slater meets Superman. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, people people don't agree with his politics, but still, I mean, <laughs> he, he put a lot of screen time in as uh, Superman,
0: right? He sure did. He sure did. But all right, well, thanks for thanks for joining this. We're gonna wrap this thing up here and uh, get home safe. I'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. Bye. Love you. Bye. Love you. Well, that was fun.
1: That was good. Uh, always nice to have a little bit of Cal on the pod. Um, I'm glad that that timed out perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sounds like so, he's pretty positive about the movie. I, are you? Seems are like you... he loves it. I'm shocked. <laughs> I Didn't I tell you? I, I told you on that Zoom call, man, or that Skype, that FaceTime call. Is like, I think Cal's going to really like this movie. He's either going to love it or hate it. You thought he would really like it. And you were correct.
0: So we got to do our three questions. Our first one is, "Uh, uh your favorite scene."
1: Oh, <laughs> this is tough, man. I really like the intro, um, not the intro with him at the coffee shop, but like from uh, yeah, the bat cycle stuff, and, and yeah, uh, yeah. I really like all that stuff, um. I also really just loved I think this the scene in the movie that gave me the most like chills, like the goosebumps was uh Barry walking around the bat cave, taking off the bat cover on the fucking Batmobile and turning on the computers and seeing all the files and all that stuff. Like, so I don't know. I really like both of those scenes. I, I really like the first hour and a half of the movie. I think the first hour and a half of the movie is like fucking awesome. So it's great. Yeah. Um, all that. Um, stuff, I, I really liked them. What about you? I got to go with the Siberia Supergirl breakout.
0: I think that's my favorite scene. Which really? Is, yeah, for sure. Huh. Seeing you kind of downplayed
1: fuck- that in the plot. Like, you just kind of went past it. He didn't We see- had
0: so much to do. I, <laughs> and I wanted to save it for this moment. I think that is some of the best Batman action I have seen on a live action screen, bar none. Like, him swooping down, picking people up, and dropping them, and then, like, throwing the batterings around, and, like, all that kind of
1: stuff is just fucking sick so you're saying wait so you're saying that you your scene is the batman part when they go down the tunnel and they he fights them oh Oh, okay. Not cool. not the not the top side part. Where that's Supergirl what I thought you awake. were talking about. It. I thought no, no, you were no, no, saying no. like, like the breaking Supergirl.
0: into the facility.
1: Okay, when you said Supergirl Siberia scene, I thought you were talking about her fighting in in on the top of the thing. I was like, oh, really?
0: No, no, no. Of course, my <laughs> scene is going to be Batman centric, and that's the one that I want. It's either yeah, that or it's for me. It's the one where, um, it's right before they do the um, the experiment on Barry to recreate the storm and he's talking to Keaton and then they, they have like a heart to heart about both of their parents dying. And then Keaton's like, so you want to douse yourself in chemicals and get struck by a bolt of lightning want some help. And then it just, is, it's just a great line delivery and he's just perfect. I love him. So yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. And the more I think about it, the more I like the first two acts of the movie, it's just the third act for me that gets a little wonky. So
1: agree. agree.
0: Okay. Um, Okay. And then our next question is who won the movie, which I think is pretty obvious.
1: (laughs) I think, yeah, I think that the, the, so that I think that there's actually two answers. Okay. Please enlighten me. Because one of them is Keaton. One of them is definitely Keaton, but the other is Machete.
0: Okay. Yeah. I think getting, getting the directing nod for Brave and the Bold is probably a good one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think the fact that, um, think about it, think about it this way. You're a small town, small town, Jesus, uh, Andy
0: Spaghetti, small town kid, Andy. big city
1: <laughs> dreams. <laughs> you're a small time. You're you're making indie horror movies and shit like that. You get the you get the call. You're making an adaptation of Stephen King's probably arguably most famous work, maybe that of The stand. And he ends up doing a really great job. Yeah. goes on to do that. And it's like, OK, what do you want to do next? He's like, OK. I want to be attached to this flask project. He's been like a part of this thing for years, like really wants to make it really had a vision for it. And I don't think his vision came together in the end. Like, I think that this movie is a bit disjointed, but like, it's cool to me that like, at least he was able to make what he seems like he wanted to make. And now he's going forward and gets the chance to maybe do brave and the bold. But that's, you know, I think it, it, I think the winner of the movie is Keaton. Yeah, but and I think Muschetti that I think that Machete gets like a second place nod yeah. because like maybe he gets to go forward after this and have a have a career.
0: So yeah. then I want to throw in an additional question here, if you don't mind, throw it away? which
1: is what would make this movie?
0: Excellent for you before oh, wow. we get into ratings and rankings.
1: What would make this movie excellent?
0: What needs to change? If anything, yeah. Which I'm sure there are some things that need to change for both of us. So here's what I would do. Okay. I'm playing director. You're playing God. Not only are you playing director, you are God I in this am scenario. A God. Hurry you're up, David my damn Zaslov, uh, you're David Zaslav. You're David Zaslav, Andy Miss, Miss Spaghetti, and James Gunn, the holy trinity. What do you how do you fix this thing
1: before it comes out on June 16th, 2023. Wait, so I have to work with Can I fix anything or do I have to work with what I got? You can fix anything if you had enough time to do it. OK, if I had enough time to do it, I recast Ezra Miller. OK, how would you explain that he's a different person? Ah, do you care? No, dude, dude, George Clooney was apparently the same Batman as Michael Keaton. Remember that? <laughs> I I love the logic. All right, so who are you casting? Oh, I don't fucking know, dude. It do doesn't you, matter. Do you, you literally the fans anybody. and get Grant? That would be cool. That'd be cool. I know people like the Grant. I like I know people like the Gustin. Um, Zach's only seen one episode of The Flash. hole, yeah, So he's not, not on board. With one Gustin. episode of The Flash. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's what I would do. Here's what I would do. I would shave 20 minutes off the movie, even make it in even two hours. I would okay. remove a lot of the BS fighting stuff in the planes at the end. I still think you could have Zod. I think I think that that's an interesting thing to do where it's like, oh, this universe needs a Superman. But here's what I'm going to do. And I, I you might hate this. You might you might disagree with this. If I you think you put Jesse be, Eisenberg in this movie. I'm gonna slap you. In I'm not face. putting Jesse Eisenberg in the movie. All right, cool. I think that it would be cool to have Keaton as Batman. I think that that would be an interesting thing to happen in the universe. Or maybe they maybe he travels to a universe at briefly where he interacts with Keaton. But I think ultimately, it would have been cooler to do the exact Flashpoint thing and have Jeffrey Dean Morgan be Batman, Thomas Wayne Batman, Whoa. and and do the Flashpoint narrative. Okay. And have Martha Wayne be fucking Joker and all that shit. Okay. okay. Like, I just think that that would have been really cool. Um, I really like that idea. So, yeah, that's what I would have done is I would have I would have stuck a little bit truer to the actual comic of Flashpoint. Um, Mm -hmm. and I just would have, I would have trimmed down a little bit of the movie, made it a little bit tighter, take away some of the CG, like figure out a way to make this movie a little bit more practical and not CG based, especially when it comes to the speed force, like whatever they can argue, creative, creative license, all they want with like how the speed force looked with all the CG faces and the Scorpion King shit, but it just didn't look good. I would do away with all that. Yeah. What would you what would you do to fix this movie?
0: So I would start with the CG, first of all. I think there's actually a world where this movie is even a little bit more palatable, even with Ezra Miller, given the current situation, if that CG doesn't look so bad, especially in the third act. If they legitimately got Nicolas Cage to be on screen in the Superman costume as an old Superman, I think people would have lost their minds. I think that would have been cool. Oh
3: my god. Can um, I think imagine? if you
0: if you would have had like a Tom Welling Superman, like we just talked about, if you would have had Christian Bale, Batman, like flashes to people that are still alive, no pun intended with the flashes there, but like not necessarily doing like these weird uncanny valley versions of Christopher Reeve, who I love, uh, who's my Superman. Um, I think that that would have been better. So start with that. Fix all of the speed for CGI. And then if it's still not working, you recast Ezra Miller. And then that's the only thing you really need to do. And then this movie is a slam dunk still. I think the idea at the end still holds up, which is that this universe is doomed. We have to let this one die. But if the CGI and that last battle isn't so terrible with effects wise, I think it looks cooler. And I think you give Michael Shannon a little more dialogue to make him more of a
1: central part of the movie as opposed to
0: a MacGuffin, essentially.
1: Dude, and we didn't touch on this at all, but Michael Shannon, um, I love Michael Shannon, by the way. I think he's He's great. Great Great actor. Real actor,
0: like real art, art of the
1: craft. Crazy guy love that guy love him love him to death he's awesome he gave a quote this past week where he was like they asked he cuz he was at Michael Shannon was apparently offered a, like a major lead role in the Star Wars the new Star Wars trilogy like the sequel trilogy 7 8 and 9 and he oh, turned really? it he turned it down and he, there was an interview this week where they asked him like so why did you turn it down and he was like well, i just don't like the idea of being a part of big blockbuster hollywood movies he's like i think it's all derivative and i was like is in this i was like uh, okay i was like yeah. i appreciate i appreciate you michael shannon but yeah, you I mean, literally showed up also, also also they brought back the same fucking actress that played Feyora yeah. to do nothing what nothing absolutely fucking nothing Are we sure they brought her back and it's not just like archive footage? I'm pretty sure they brought her back. I mean, like, we don't know. We'll never know for sure because all the details of this movie, they're going to try and Men in Black wipe our brains for this movie. Yeah. Someone's honking outside my goddamn door. I know. We're talking about The Flash. Settle down. Simmer down.
0: All right. uh, So now's the time, man. It's time to rate this bad boy and rank this bad boy. And Jeez. this is the end of our DCEU in review rankings.
1: So where it ends today is the end, my friend. Jesus. Well, until we, until anything else, uh, with an asterisk, until anything else, Blue Beetle or Aquaman 2. Sure. Just in case, we don't want to close the book completely. But here's the rankings. For Radiovania's DCEU interview so far, going from best to worst, are you ready? Ready. Number one, The Suicide Squad. Number two, Shazam. Number three, Wonder Woman. Number four, Man of Steel. Number five, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Number six, Birds of Prey. Number seven, Aquaman. Number eight, BVS. Number nine, Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Number 10, Black Adam. Number 11, Wonder Woman 84. Number 12, The Justice League. And number 13, Suicide Squad.
0: Yeah. I feel good about where it's at so far. The only thing that I would think about amending is I do think Wonder Woman 84 is better than Black Adam. The more mm. I think about Black Adam, the more I think that movie's fucking garbage. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's bad. The only reason why I would put it above is just the fact that that Pedro is great. And I think Page is still great. really great, but there's some like storytelling problems with that movie. But the performances are better. Yeah, the rape, Black Adam. You know, the rape. The rape is bad. The uh, rape is pretty bad. <laughs> the cheetah is bad. Oh man. But I mean, look at Black Adam. The kid is bad. That demon thing at the end is horrible. The Rock is not even acting. There's that odd, like archaeology woman that he's like got a thing with. That's weird. The only good thing in that movie is fucking Hawkman. So. Mm. Or not Hawkman, Doctor Fate, but I do like Hawkman. But you did not, so I don't know. What do you think? So where do you where, where would you where would you just give this a uh, uh, Radiomania scale? Twenty points uh, the Flash. What would you give?
1: Yeah, uh, I I think I said this to you on the phone. I think I would give this movie like a C plus. So by those rankings, by grade school rankings, I, I would imagine it's like a seven-seven-five. So it's in the. To me, it's in that man of it's. I don't think I like this movie more than Man of Steel. That's where I'm at. I think it's not, below this, Man this of Steel. Is not, this is not better than Man of Steel.
0: As the Man of Steel hater on this podcast, <laughs> this is not better than Man of
1: Steel. I think. I think it's better than Aquaman, but I don't think it's better than Man of Steel. So it's somewhere there. I think it I think it might edge out the Zack Snyder's Justice League. But again, I think we've we were hype we were pretty high on that. Um
0: I do think the Zack Snyder's Justice League still kind of holds up. I mean it's it's, it's a clear vision of Zack Snyder, yeah. but it is a really well constructed totally singular vision. It just takes a really long time to get there because it's four
1: fucking hours. It's a beautiful it's a beautiful art piece action movie with some great visual effects some great scenery some great score. some more w- wild shit in that movie
0: though that'll never come to fruition that ultimately doesn't matter i think this is better than birds of prey so let's just go ahead and just put it above that yeah i think this is clearly the number the new number five so you think it edges out snyder cut yep hmm Cause listen, I know there's going to be a bunch of cut for defenders out there that are like, we work so hard for this shit. Well, guess what? Your movie doesn't have Michael Keaton in it and this one does. So fuck you.
1: I think, uh, yeah, I'm kind of inclined to agree with you. I I think that it doesn't really matter to me whether it goes above or below, but I think right there in that area, somewhere in that like five, six, seven area is probably good for me. Um, The only the nudge that I would give it above Zack Snyder's Justice League is just the fact that it's shorter, more palatable. Like the Zack Snyder's Justice League is a really interesting film. It's a really interesting art piece and a historical piece of entertainment. But it's not a movie that I'm going to go back and rewatch this movie. I can actually see myself going back and like, oh, the first hour and a half is really fun. I'm going to catch it while I fucking fall asleep with my fucking hand on my pants while I, you know, but not for any other specific reason than right, I just, right, you yeah. know, sometimes you just, sometimes you need to cradle it, you know? Sure. While you're going to bed. Hey, I hate to hear <laughs> his ghost. It's like his ghost just passes by the background every now and then ships in the
0: night. What do you, yeah. what do you think? Yeah. No, I, I, I like it more than the, than the the Snyder justice league I for the same reasons. But also the Snyder Justice League for me is is more of the same of like this dark dismal world. I love the ending. I think Snoop Superman coming back with the black suit and then kicking fucking Steppenwolf's ass is really dope. I think that shit is great. That might be the best Henry Cavill's ever been as Superman. But I think that this Flash opening is the best Ben Affleck's been as Batman in my opinion so it's just Ooh. yeah i think it's better than bbs because in bbs you murders people
1: <laughs> but
0: i love the murder and i i love the well um, i mean the
1: warehouse sequence dude and, and no, 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 no
0: batman he's better as bruce wayne in bbs but batman specifically the action i think is better in this movie i think the, last the warehouse Martini sequence might have is been too many
1: teenies the, like the warehouse shoes.
0: sequence is great but as Batman in the suit in BVS, he just kills people almost the whole time. And <laughs> i can't get, you can, you can enjoy that as much as you want, buddy. Um, I, I Hey, BVS truther right here. So, but yeah, I think, I think this is the new, the new number five. The only thing I'm that would hold that. me up from that is I haven't seen Birds of Prey more than once. And I think that that movie might hold up on repeat viewings. And I think it actually might be better than Zack Snyder's Justice League. But I can't I can't claim that because I haven't seen it more than one time. So I think there's a world where maybe Birds of Prey should be five or six and The Flash should be around there as well. But in this exercise, I think I think The Flash is is a good number five. And I think the the Keaton stuff is great. There's some emotional resonance that these movies are lacking at times that are clearly in our top four. You know what I mean? And that's why they're up there. So I think this belongs with those.
1: Yeah, I, I'm there's no I'm, emotional
0: resonance in Zack Snyder's just like there's just cool shit happening in front of you,
1: sure. Yeah, and I, I'm in total agreement here. I, I think that, like, if I was gonna go really selfish with it, we have 10 minutes left on the meeting, by the way, which we're almost done, so it doesn't matter. But if I was gonna be completely selfish here, I might even argue that I think that BVS is better than this movie.
3: Whoa,
0: which would mean this is what eight this or would pushed think, this would push PBS down Shazam to be
2: up.
1: the new number 9 but that's me being selfish i don't think that that would it would, i don't think it would ever be that low but i think i would rather watch batman v superman than on this movie again i disagree the whole way through and yeah, i'm I still speci- i'm sp- i know the i i, I got that Lex i'm Le- just saying Le- the Le- whole Thor way through. is
0: abysmal <laughs>
2: the He's whole just- way Sorry,
0: Sorry, you you cut out. Sorry, I just said Lex Luthor is abysmal and he's just awful in that movie. That's true.
1: No, that's a big. That's that's a that's that's a big point. Yep. That, but so wow. is Ezra Miller. To be fair, so. Ezra Miller is pretty bad too. BVS has Henry Cavill as Superman and Ben Affleck as Batman, and I really like both of them the whole way through. It also has Wonder Woman, which I think is great. I like Amy Adams as Lois Lane. I like all that stuff. I really like the 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 R rated cut. It's great. Um, the Flash has some really awesome stuff. I like the first hour and a half, but then it fizzled off toward the end for me. I really like some of the cameo stuff, but like beyond that, the movie itself is just not as impactful to me. I So I think it's like in stem to stern, better movie. I think that Flash goes at the number five. I think it goes below Man of Steel, above Zack Snyder's Justice League. But if I selfishly was making my own list, I would probably rather watch BVS and all the movies above it more than I would want to watch The Flash. The Flash has awesome Keaton, but I would rather watch those Keaton scenes. I would rather watch all the movies above them full stem to stern before I would watch this movie again.
0: So give me the Zach
1: rankings of these movies real quick. Just for fun. I think we have the top... uh, So I would go The Suicide Squad is number one. Number two is Shazam. Number three would be Man of Steel. Then it would be four Wonder Woman. Then it would be five probably Snyder Cut, then six Birds of Prey, then seven would be probably BVS at this point. And then it would be, uh, yeah, then after seven at BVS, then it would probably be The Flash. Then it would be uh, nine as Aquaman, and then everything else just jumps down a rank. So Shazam 2 would be 10, Black Adam would be 11, Wonder Woman would be 12, Justice League would be 13, Suicide Squad would be 14
0: so the Aquaman of it all is what's really throwing you here
1: a bit because I think, well, yeah. And BBS. I really like BBS, dude. I like BBS. I mean, I like the I nostalgia. Like that movie a
0: lot. I like the nostalgia <laughs> of it, but it's not, a, it's not a great no, movie. No, it's not a good movie. I think Aquaman is still a better movie than BBS, stem to stern no ship pun intended there but yeah you're probably right. i think bvs is more rewatchable but that's for different reasons you know what i mean so that that becomes part of what this exercise is you know what i mean which is we're ranking these from our radiovania critical eye almost which i think we've been pretty true to our our guns here so far i think we're right in that bvs is better than the last couple movies they've put out since the 2020s but um Totally, well, what
1: if what if we did this? What would your rankings be? I no, I think that I still think that just due to the math of it all, I think it would be cooler if we just use this because we we rank this as we went on week by week through the whole series. So mathematically, we should use this I mean, list year but by then, year.
0: We started this in twenty fucking twenty. Isn't
1: that crazy? But then. I think we have our own individual list and we talk about that next time, you know?
0: I mean, personally for me, I would do the Suicide Squad, Shazam, Wonder Woman, Man of Steel. I might actually go... I'm either going to go The Flash or Birds of Prey at five. Okay. Then the inverse of the other one then i like aquaman more than snyder cut i remember we put snyder cut up high because we were high on it but i still revisit aquaman more than i revisit that movie um just as like a i think it's a better like constructed piece but snyder cut is so visually appealing that it's hard to not like want to go back to it you know so, but I think for this joint exercise, I think we should, we should try to end this pod here and put it either five or six. And I, I, I would ultimately leave it up to you.
1: I think that I, I would personally put it at the new number five, given our list right here. I think that the flash is more rewatchable than Jack, than Jack, than fucking the Snyder cut. Um, It's my goddamn name, and I can't even say it right. But
0: but the point you're trying to make is that you think BVS is more rewatchable than Snyder cut Birds of Prey and Aquaman.
1: Yeah, I'm no well. I was just saying if we did our own personal rankings, BVS would probably climb the ladders for me, which I just never thought possible. Like I'm just just saying, like man, growth. People that say that you can't grow, they're fucking liars.
0: I'm down to move things around, man. This is the only time we might get to do this, you know. I think we should put the flash of five. I can't edit anything on this computer because of my work right, blockage. Hold on, I'm gonna. So edit. that's gonna have to be you. I'm gonna but edit I'm, that, but I say we don't what need if to we, do this, right if if this is fluid. This is fluid, baby. What if we move the Snyder
1: cut, man? Wow, do you see how bad? I just
0: <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Die <laughs> flag.
1: No, I think we're good. I think we're good the way that we are right now.
0: I can get behind that.
1: I think that um I personally know, we'll,
0: think, we'll do a I, think not, I think the Snyder cut should be lower, personally. I think it's too high. But that's just me. Also, the numbers didn't shift down if there's two fives.
1: <laughs> I know. I know they're not doing it automatically. But I'll fix it. it I'll matter. fix it. So then I think that right now, as the rankings stand, number one, The Suicide Squad, number two, Shazam, number three, Wonder Woman, number four, Man of Steel, number five, The Flash, number six, Zack Snyder's Justice League, number seven, Birds of Prey, number eight, Aquaman, number nine, Batman v Superman, number 10, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, number 11, Black Adam, number 12, Wonder Woman 84, number 13, Justice League, and number 14, Suicide Squad. I got, a, I got a proposition for you. <laughs> Sorry. We got two minutes and 31 seconds before this podcast is over.
0: That's fine. We can do this. Can we, what do you think about this? Can we swap the Snyder cut and BBS outright and make BBS the new number six? Yes. Remember, that, remember that scene when he's like, maybe it's just the Gotham City in me. We got a bad history with freaks dressed like clowns. That's, I like, it. I like it. That I like shit it. rips, man.
1: It does rip that shit That's, rips hard.
0: That movie has some really atrocious stuff. Remember when he goes, Martha, 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 <laughs> like that. But there's also some really good stuff where it's like, if there's even a one percent chance that he's evil, we have to take we that have to the yeah. yeah. That shit is good.
1: <clears throat> yeah, move it. We're let's gonna be we're gonna be let's the psychos. No, we're gonna be the psychos that go see the Batman v Superman like 30th anniversary yeah, yeah, in yeah, yeah. theater. <laughs>
0: Let's do it, man. I'm I'm in. Let's make it the new number six. What do you think?
1: Number six. Oh wait, you mean oh yeah, right. Swap Snyder
0: cut and BBS outright. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: (laughs) I have the power. Zack Snyder's hostess.
1: (laughs) And there you go, everybody. That's the pod. <laughs> That's the pod.
0: There it is. DCU in review. Hey, we drop. did
1: it. We we crossed the finish line. We have less than a minute to it. go until we get kicked off this Zoom. John, thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining me. This has been a really fun show. You can follow the show at Radiovania on Twitter and all the social medias. I'm at Zach Rutella. He's at Najithan Parker. You can email the show Radiovania show at gmail.com or go to Radiovania.com. John. This has been a really fun episode where we get to talk about The Flash. But until the next time when we review a fucking movie, give yeah. me a DCEU quote to end the night on.
0: Any DCEU quote?
1: Any of them. Oh, man, that's a good question.
0: The first one that comes to mind is... i going to give you a reason.
1: <laughs> but I hate that one. I was so, hoping that the video would cut right there. So I'm going <laughs> to say
0: my favorite quote of the DCEU as, as the the clock
2: times down, uh, which is they will follow you into the stun. I mm. think that that is.